0: Welcome to the Rewatch Awards ceremony for
1: Season 1. Before we begin, we advise our Spotify listeners to tune in on YouTube for the full visual experience. Please enjoy the show, and give a warm welcome to your hosts, Samuel and Jaden. Hello there, and welcome to the Rewatch Awards.
2: The Rewatch Awards are like the Oscars, but cooler. In Season 1 of the Rewatch Podcast, we've watched a total of 24 films. And in order to conclude the first season we're taking a look back at Season 1 and giving positive and negative awards.
1: There are some familiar awards, like Best Animated Picture.
2: And there are some original awards, like the Prestigious Meme Award. We'll hope you'll join us tonight as we present
1: the Rewatch Awards.
2: First up on the agenda tonight, the award for the Best Picture, released in 2020. Here are the nominees.
1: Tenet. Enola Holmes, and Soul, And the winner is... Tenet! Look, 2020, it was a pretty crap year for movies. Yeah. And I think that's represented in the films that we watched on the podcast because we wanted to watch the best films of 2020 on the podcast, obviously. Mm-hmm. And if you look at the films that we that did release in 2020, there's not many fantastic films. I, I would
2: say there's not many films in general that released in 2020. Mm. But regardless, Christopher
1: Nolan, where are you? Yes. In the crowd, here yep. it comes, here it comes. He's coming up the stage now. There, you are, sir. there is your rewatch awards. I know you're so grateful. I know. I know the Oscars haven't given you an award, sir. I know it is very dreadful, isn't it? Yes. Yes. Oh, what did you say about the Queen? Oh, I hope she's doing well. I hope she's doing well. You, you say hi to her from me, Nolan. All right. Goodbye, then. Okay. Oh, sorry, you dropped your scarf. Here you go. <laughs> Off he goes. He's so tough. Look, he's skipping away, Jaden. He's skipping away. I see him there in the crowd. Look at him go. Look, he's telling all of his friends. Oh, but yes, no, we forgot to mention that we do have a live audience this evening, obviously, um, full of all the stars of Hollywood, because they give given up all the Oscars. Yep. Yeah. Regardless. And all of our viewers as well. Yep. They've all joined us. Yeah. Um, along for the ride as well. So we appreciate everyone attending, um, especially you, Emma Stone. Hit me up later. You're not <laughs> <a plane>. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Shall we proceed on to the next award? So Tenet is the first Rewatch <clears throat> Award winner tonight. Jaden, do you want to take the honours for the next award here are the nominees for the Funniest Dialogue Award. <laughs> now you've got to do the impressions for this one for the nominees, okay?
2: I don't like sad. <laughs> Illusions! Tony Stark built it in a cave with a box of scraps.
1: So the three nominees we have to, for simply, really say, set by Anakin Skywalker in Attack of the Clones. We have Robert Pattinson, or Robert Pattinson. No, Pattinson. I'm sorry, what's your name? <laughs> <It's> <laughs> 50, please. Rob, I'm sorry, I forgot your name. He's not really <laughs> <laughs> We might have to give this one to him. And thirdly, we have Tony Stark built it in a cave, said by Jeff Bridges, <laughs> CGI Jeff, <laughs> not CGI, not yet. Said by the real Jeff Bridges. And that was obviously from Iron Man. And if you watched our latest podcast, you can see we had quite a lot of fun with that. Now, in awarding this award, we wanted to go with the piece of dialogue we had the most fun with on the podcast. And to be fair, we had a lot of fun with all three of these, mm-hmm. but I feel like they can only be one. Let know. Yep. And the winner is delusions. Oh, here comes Rob. Here comes Rob. How you doing, Rob? Uh, here comes. Oh, look, he's looking chuffed. He's looking chuffed. I'm very
2: excited for the Batman. Just drop the "the." It's cleaner. Cleaner. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, no, he's very pleased. How, would you like to say something, Rob? Like, how do you feel about um, all of those people who have said that you're, <laughs> you're not the best actor because of, you know, obviously your performance in Twilight? Do you want to just say something? Maybe you can just say a word or two. Here it comes.
0: Delusions! All right, thanks,
1: Rob. Appreciate it. Thanks, Rob. Back to your seat. Thank you. As you can see, we have a bit of management um situation on our Awards show um we only allow our, our uh winners to say either things about their movie or nothing at all mm-hmm. um and depending on whether we can do a good enough impression or not to even you know what do you mean we've got a lot I mean of- they're right here they're right here I mean how, why would I do an impression when they're right here so but we've done two Awards now mm-hmm. and we've decided we want to break it up with a bit of philosophical movie talk yeah because what are movies for if you can't talk about them philosophically? And mm-hmm. really get deep into the meaning of yep. movies? So I put a question to you, Jaden. Mm-hmm. A question that a lot of people have grappled with over the years.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Is a film meant to be watched more than once? What are the pros and cons of having an ambiguous film? And do films need to be rewatchable. So is a film meant to be watched more than once? What is your philosophical and deep take on that? Look,
2: we made the rewatch, rewatch podcast for a reason, right? And I think depending on the type of film you're trying to make, you're either appealing to an older audience or a younger audience. And I think a lot of films and directors are sort of trying to go towards our older audience. Um, you know, we see this in films like uh, Taxi Driver or Inception, which are just incredible films. But at the same time, it's also like, I need to watch this film again for another two and a half hours. Mm-hmm. I, I want to say yes, because I feel like more of the films that I've watched have an element of an of ambiguity in them, and I've enjoyed them more. so I'm gonna say yes.
1: And when you watch a film and you finish it and you have no idea what on earth just went on,
3: mm-hmm.
1: what are your emotions like do you feel betrayed by the director because you don't feel like you've you've grasped the concept of the story, and it's not your fault like you're not a stupid person like you're just a normal person watching this film and there are just this in like incredible weird things going on that have no explanation
0: Mm -hmm.
1: however you can only piece it together after you've poured through the film over and over and over again to really extract the true meaning of some of the imagery
2: i i feel like films like tenet right which is this Mm -hmm. year which has just been awarded Best picture. Christopher Nolan's still happy about it. He's, he's
1: telling his mates.
2: Look at him in the audience down. there. He's looking so happy. No, easy
1: on Marty, all right? Okay, don't his face, Nolan, okay? <laughs> I know you've been waiting for it, but... Marty's not going have a big night
2: tonight. I'm surprised Martin actually turned up tonight. Oh, that's true. We're going to talk about him. <laughs> <laughs> Martin Scorsese. He. There he is. He's yeah. chuffed to be here. It's all fun and games, Martin. Um, no, look, I think... Uh, you know, films like Tenet, that one best of 2020, it, it won best of 2020 because it got me so invested in the story that I've watched so many videos explaining the ending and, you know, I've watched so much more media around it than, say, for example, Soul. Mm-hmm. I feel like it it took me into the universe and it got me interested in the story, okay. which which I really love about ambiguity. But that's, you know, that's not to say it's perfect because you can make huge errors with ambiguity which enemy for example which we're not going to talk about well no first. that's
1: the film that i do want to talk about because oh, you do want to talk because about that's what i was sort of getting to with the whole like is a film meant to be watched more than once like is a film like enemy when you watch it once you don't have a clue what is going on you really need to think about it and then watch it again and then you can sort of get more and maybe watch it again and sort of like more times you watch it the more you get out of it and is that is that how all movies should be like is that uh is that okay like can can a person sit down and watch a movie once and not get the full experience Mm. It could go either way right yeah i don't think think people are entitled to know anything though no i don't feel like you have a right to sit down in a cinema and you know be walked through every step of the way through a story mm-hmm. otherwise you know movies like Tenet would not exist yeah rightio
2: so you've posed me a question Samuel and I'm going to pose one back to you now it's less formal than the one you gave me but I feel like it's going to be interesting so okay. I want you to name two things that you hate about Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man but wait and two things that you love about Tom Holland's Spider-Man. Oh. <laughs> this is
1: demoralizing. Sorry, How are you I going, see, on, Tom? I see Tom in the crowd. Good like, to have you in the audience. It's a all the time, isn't it? Um, look, so two things I don't like about Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man. One, that it ended. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. One, we, need, we need Spider-Man. actual answers. Okay, two answers. Okay. Um, I think... He's probably pushing too old for a 16, 17-year-old. That's something that I don't necessarily hate, but um, it's definitely a weakness of him as the character. Um, Not necessarily in the first movie, but definitely in the second movie. He does look at least 26 because he is uh, 26. (laughs) So they should have just made him older if they were going to use Andrew. Um, another thing that I hate about Andrew is I look at my Andrew Garfield poster in the theatre that we are currently in. Or um, Andrew Garfield sitting right yes. down there in the second row. Oh I, I
2: can't believe you'd go back on your morals like this. Oh, this is just Andrew, disgusting. You know I love you. Okay, just watch my other videos, okay?
1: Um, another thing I don't like about Andrew Spider-Man. Hmm. Um, well... I guess I could say how the second film ended, I wasn't entirely satisfied Mm -hmm. with how his character finished, but that's not him. That's the story. But I don't know. It's really hard. I really do think that he is the best person for the role of Spider-Man, or at least he was when he was that young. Regarding two things I love about Tom Holland's Spider-Man, I'd say the same thing. i say his age because he's a lot younger. Um, And I also love... What I love. Hmm. I love the fact that he's in the MCU. Mm-hmm. I love, and he works really well as a side character. Yep, and Spider-Man should not be a side character. That's just not how it should go. Um, Spider-Man is a, one of the most, you know, sort of deep and, and deep characters out there. With you know, just like the character, the backstory, and how he became a superhero and such. Yep, he deserves to be at the center of attention. Uh, Tom Holland as Iron man works really well as a side character. Mm, good answers. And, uh, yeah. That horrible question you just posed. Yeah. <laughs> Radio, do we want to move on? Let's move on to our next award. Who's going to get it? Oh, this is a good one. This is a good one. This is a good one. Favorite prequel meme award. This is a prestigious one right here. Mm-hmm. This is not writing on this one. I'm sure there's a lot of bets going around in the audience today. Yeah. About who's gonna take this one home. Um and George Lucas is happy just because he knows he's gonna win either way, because it's prequel. <laughs> <He's>, <laughs> he, he, he can only win this award. He knows he's gonna take it out. Would you like to say the nominations, Jaden?
2: Do you want me to do it in the voice? Or just read them out. Reading the voice. Read on the voice? Reading the voice. This is where the fun begins. <laughs> it's over, Anakin. I have the high ground. Not just the men, but the women
1: and the children. And the winner is. It's over, Anakin. I have the high ground. Now, big applause for this one because. <laughs> The pre as a series, we went through them in season one. They're not good.
2: We have a love-hate relationship with them, right? They're not
1: good, but we love them. Mm -hmm. But we also sort of love them because they're not good. Like, we love... Why do you think people love It's Over, Anakin, I Have the High Ground? Because it's stupid. It's a terrible line. The fact that it's terrible
2: makes it funny. It should have been in the funniest dialogue.
1: (laughs) Oh, that's a packed, that's a packed category though. Yeah. So look, it's um, over and it can I have the high ground? Um, it's it's uh, iconic. Yeah. Amongst the prequel meme community. So uh, George Lucas is already up here. Um, there he goes award, your awards. And, um, he's, he's very happy with this because a lot of people hate on him. Mm-hmm. His yeah. But you know what? We love him. We love him. So Thank there's your awards you George, George Lucas. Off he goes. Thank you, George. No, don't tell Marty. Don't no, keep, keep walking. walking. All these directors, man. I don't like Martin Scorsese. So, why did we invite Martin Scorsese again? Why, why, why are you here, Marty? You're not going to win any awards. You know this. I didn't we, even do a film on Martin Scorsese. Film. Maybe you just felt left out. But regardless, the directors aren't liking Martin Scorsese. Just give him a wide berth, guys. Give him a wide berth. Mm. Get some security down there.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but regardless, um, the next award on the ticket, would
2: you like to announce it? Do you want me to do the nominations? And that's what the award is first, and I'll do the nominations. Okay. So, the next award up on our radar is the Worst CGI Award, which stands for Computer Generated Image. No. Dodgy
1: yeah. CGI in season one. We encountered some absolute rubbish CGI, so we had to do an award in order to give these three CGI things. The limelight that they deserve. Mm-hmm. The nominees are CGI Jeff Bridges from Tron Legacy, the pair from Attack of the Clones, and CGI Admiral Tarkin from Rogue One: A Star Wars Story. This is the top category. Very tough. Who's going to take it home? Nobody, because none of these things are real. And the yeah, award. It is. The award
2: goes to the pair from Attack of the Clones. Now, this is a
1: well deserved award. You're if am going to across oh, the audience oh, yeah, there. So it so comes so up. Looking pixelated as ever. <laughs> there is your award, says young pair. Off you go. Glad to have you here tonight. And viewers, Bye. I hope you recognize that we obviously cannot show the cgi pair because that would um cost a lot of money in terms of mm. special effects i would, i'm sure we could probably whip something up oh, as, as good if not better in yeah. our own time but yeah. regardless the cgi pair it's iconic wasn't it we had, a, we had a fun time talking about that yep um just how uh for those of you who um perhaps didn't listen to the podcast um there's a scene in attack of the clones where padme and anakin are eating and anakin gracefully lifts a pair force
2: floats you could say yeah. pushes mm. the pear across the table yeah, so gently and it gently lands in the fork
1: and then Padme takes a bite out of it and it disappears disappears, disappears. Go matter disappeared gone physics broken wormhole created radio question time question time. do you want to switch it up so i'll go first yeah you go first okay i'll go
2: first I'm just making my way through the list. This is in no order whatsoever.
1: Mm-hmm. Give me a question. Give me a deep and meaningful movie question. Let's have a chat. It feels fitting to put this question here, actually, because it's
2: related to Star Wars. If you could mentor a Jedi, who would it be and who would you want to be your master?
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. My master is the Qui-Gon Jinn.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Because Qui-Gon Jinn is... Um, the best of the Jedi in the sense that obviously he's a cunning warrior and, um, and a very intelligent, but then he also is the most level headed of the Jedi. You know, there's references in the Phantom Menace. He's, he's a Jedi that just gets it. Like he gets the fact that taking kids away from their mothers is not a good thing to do. Yep. And he gets the fact that the Jedi council is completely stupid. And I feel like, we just needed more of that as the prequel series went on. But unfortunately, mm. I met his end. Yeah. The Phantom Menace. I can see you return. Yes. Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson there in the audience joining us tonight. He wants to return. He, he doesn't return. It. He told me before he came on the show. Having a bit of a chat. He said he's keen. Where's, Where's Kathleen? Out? I hope she's not here. No. Kathleen.
2: We didn't invite like her. Come on. Who do you think we are?
1: We didn't invite her. She's yeah. very yeah. sad. She probably watching from home. Oh, I yeah.
2: That's okay. Well, I should have taken home that award with, with my
1: best prequel meme award. Yes. Well, maybe, maybe someday Kathleen, regardless as to what Jedi I would train. Mm-hmm. It's got to be a Oh, it's yep. got to be a I mean, the best of the Jedi again, in a separate way, you know, mm-hmm. very independent, just like Qui-Gon was, you know, yep, had her own views and perspectives. Obviously, like one of my favorite characters in Star Wars, and yeah, I feel like if Anakin Skywalker can train her well, mm-hmm. I feel like I could do it too. Yeah, Anakin Skywalker is, is a bit of a he's not the best trainer, he might be the chosen one, but not the best trainer, let's be Master, as we see in the Clone Wars, but all right, time for a question for you, Jaden. Mm-hmm. You yeah, I know we've referencing him a few times already. He's going to get a bit more uncomfortable in his oh, no. I right know. Martin Scorsese's shaking in his boots over there. It's okay, Marty. Don't go anywhere. I see you've got Robert De Niro right next to him. They're cuddling up. But mm-hmm. how it should be. Was Martin Scorsese right in saying that the MCU films are like theme park rides and branding them as not proper cinema? Now, I want you to pay close attention to the language I use there. Mm-hmm. Was he right? No.
2: Let, let's be real. It, what is cinema, right? Cinema could be anything. It's essentially, it. You, you go to watch a film and you enjoy it. You have fun at it. And I feel like some of the most enjoyable films I've ever watched have been from the MCU. You know, Avengers Endgame, Avengers Infinity War, Guardians of the Galaxy. All great cinematic experiences. Probably not you know, too good of films in terms of, you know, what makes a film good, but they're still incredible, enjoyable experiences. And sorry, Martin's Cassetti, but I had more fun watching Avengers Infinity War than Taxi Driver. Let's be real. And I don't know if I would have fun watching Taxi Driver in a cinema. It's just not tailored to what I enjoy. So I'm sorry, but... You're completely wrong for saying that.
1: Yeah, I feel like nobody has the right to categorize cinema as what it what it is. Mm. Because at the end of the day, the theater industry before COVID was doing the best it ever was because of the Marvel films. Mm-hmm. You know, there was like multi, like million dollar, sometimes billion dollar blockbusters every single year, keeping those theaters open and then you have Martin Scorsese who puts a three and a half hour movie out on Netflix. Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, even that, like the fact that he did The Irishman and that's a Netflix thing. Yeah. Is that yeah. cinema? Because it's not in a theater. That, what don't think, I think when he talks about cinema, he talks about film. And I think there's, there's a certain aspect. I know what he's getting at. He's, he's trying to say that the films are shallow, right? And they are. Yeah, it's, it's a fact. Exactly so in a way, he's right. But you know. don't have the right No. to brand cinema one way or the other at least in my opinion no. but i'm sure people would disagree people would say you know infinity war is nothing compared to taxi driver mm-hmm. but you know that's why we have discussions like this exactly people disagree sometimes moving on to some more awards shall we right yeah so
2: the next award do you want to announce it or i'll run through the nominations
1: Yes, that sounds good. Oh, this is a this is an interesting one here. This is a favourite of ours. Yep. Most bizarre message. This award obviously goes to the film that has a message that we felt was odd, bizarre, um, and so here are the nominations.
2: Here are the nominees for the most bizarre message. Anyone can cook ratatouille. Don't believe in God. Otherwise, you'll crucify your dog, the devil, all the time. Don't invite a mentally unstable clown onto your late-night talk show. And don't keep the cameras rolling whilst the host is shot in the face on national television.
1: Joker. Uh, Now, um, this is a tough category because, look... The message of Joker is not that. I don't think there is a message to Joker. <laughs> I feel like it's just, it's just the Joker. Just
2: unglamourative scenes together. Yeah. To make the film. There's
1: no real message. However, yeah. Devil All the Time was funny because it seemed to like lack a message, <laughs> and yeah. the only thing that it was really consistently coming back to was that these religious people, people kept on killing yeah. things. Yep. Yeah. Just, just because, because they, they just they had to. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no there's no reason. They just wanted to. Yep. And then as, as we, we said while we were doing the podcast on it, anyone can it's a bizarre message, isn't it? Yep. It. A film because, because, because of course anyone can cook. No one saying that anyone can't cook. Is it the message?
3: <laughs> yes. <it is. laughs>
1: The message is anyone can cook. That's the tagline. That's yes, what that's what it's about because the rat's like, I can't cook. Yes, you How can. Anyone can cook. Mm. Why, why do we need a message? The kids. Bizarre. It is a bit bizarre. Mm. Am I going to announce the winner? Yep. And, and the winner of the most bizarre message is anyone can cook anyone can cook to look it's the most bizarre message and it's it's also a message, message that actually is, is you know uh it's it actually, actually the message of the film <laughs> yeah. Yeah, whoever decided that is it's,
2: it's it's a great film but what the hell is the message yeah, there's
1: no meaning from it at all and maybe maybe that's what held it back in terms of you know best pixar because a lot of people don't regard it as the best message pixar film and maybe it's just because it just has a weird message but regardless um who directed uh, ratatouille brad bird i think He's not he's not um unfamiliar with the awards shows. Um right. but here, here he so he's coming up now. Here he comes. You yeah. can hand he's that called. one to him. I know you're a fan of this film, so here you go, mate. Here you go, Brad. Brad's, Brad's like, like, you know, another day at the office getting yep. getting awards for my movies. Yep. He yes. yeah He doesn't care. He doesn't even care about Martin Scorsese. he's walking straight uh, past him. Oh really sad down there. Um, Why is he still here? He's still hanging around. No, and we just like dunked on him several times there. Yep. Regardless, the next category is an interesting one. And Isn't it's an original it? one to us, of course. Most of these are so far mm-hmm. best hero. Now, this can be best protagonist, mm-hmm. be best person in the story, like best lead person in the story. Mm-hmm. But here's the category for best hero. The nominees are Johnny Depp, Captain Jack Sparrow
2: from Pirates of the Caribbean, The Curse of the Black Pearl, Robert Downey Jr. Tony Stark or Iron Man from Iron Man Andrew Garfield, Peter Parker, Spider
1: Man. I think the crowds are excited about that last one there. The winner is Eh, no, Johnny John Depp. Depp. <laughs> Captain Jack Sparrow in Pirates of the Caribbean: The Curse of the Black Pearl, somebody needs to get this man a medal. Somebody needs to get this man a rewatch award. Did, just did you just say Andrew Garfield? No, I stopped myself. You start oh, to reflex. Action.
2: Oh, reflex action. Andrew Garfield isn't on the same spectrum as Robert Downey Jr. I was Johnny to Depp. I was
1: it's okay. I can't believe you just said I'm, that. I'm one in my heart, Andrew, as always. Johnny Depp, he's an actor. He's
2: one of those roles where it's like, can anyone else replace him in Pirates of the Caribbean? Likewise for Tony Stark, he can't. Hmm. It's a once-in-a-lifetime role. It's, it's probably never a... going to come along again.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so it's a well deserved award, mate. Um, Johnny Depp is going to treasure that one, I imagine. But um, yes, um, well deserved, well deserved. Very well deserved. Question, question time. Shall I ask you a question? You go first. Yeah, All righty. Do, Do you think, think watching, watching a film multiple times creates a bias within the viewer? Or does review become more accurate on multiple rewatches so if i like a film i watch it 50 times
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and you watch it once yep who's got the most objective opinion and it comes into what i what we that's an interesting question it comes into what we discussed earlier because are films meant to be watched again and again or is it just a one-time thing like one and done
2: that's a really interesting question Mm. um look it could go either way because if you've watched it multiple times are you watching it for the sense that you enjoy it or are you watching it for the sense that you think it's a a plus movie that there's nothing wrong with it or both and if you're watching it for the first time are you gonna is it gonna be ambiguous are you gonna understand the whole movie within your first viewing mm-hmm. um i i want to say that watching it multiple times would probably give you you know more of an experience and probably more of an objective view because you've taken in the film multiple times mm-hmm. and who's to say that when you've watched a film multiple times you haven't noticed all of the errors with it as well but then you also might
1: see the little good things about it.
2: Like, exactly.
1: For example, like I, the film i probably watched the most in my life is The Amazing Spider-Man 2. And in watching certain scenes in that, mm-hmm. I can just imagine you'd be like, oh, this is bad. And I'd be like, but look at that little detail there. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. So-, so there's a bias either way. I think. Yeah, I think there definitely is a bias either
2: way. I just feel like if you were to go into it watching it objectively you would probably if you've watched it 50,000 times like you you would be inclined to have a more objective opinion of the film mm. yeah facts. facts flipping the question on you this is, is quite Spider- a relevant question because it's releasing this year mm. other than Spider-Man 3 what film are you most excited for in 2021
1: hmm 2021 to be honest is not looking too great Um, whoa are you serious yes because the batman was supposed to be 2021 Mm -hmm. and that if if that was coming out in 2021 then i would not know which one i was more excited for the batman or spider-man 3 now we don't actually know what spider-man 3 is about yet Mm -hmm. um And it is entirely plausible that it's going to be a movie like Far From Home, except maybe at the end we get a few cameos that would be exciting, and then the film ends. Mm -hmm. I feel like if it's going to be some sort of Spider-Verse thing, I feel like it's going to be a normal movie, and then there's going to be something that happens towards the end where, like, oops, you know, alternate realities have been created. Turns around, oh, look, it's Spider-Man, the original, and Andrew Garfield. Let me, re- let me rephrase the question though it's what film
2: are you most excited for not what film is going to be the best okay. so oh
1: well, i'm excited for june mm-hmm. or june um but i have to read the book of that first but i'm mainly just excited for that because it's uh denny v mm-hmm. who's also
2: joined us in the crowd tonight yes could you imagine one of the best
1: directors of our time i would agree with that Seriously, mm. no, he really is um so yeah, I praise there, but he deserves it. Mm-hmm. So, um, but but yes, yeah, yeah, so I'd say maybe June. Also looking forward to Top Gun Maverick. So mm-hmm. it's cinema is going to be pretty cool. Um, but yeah. regard, I mean, Top Gun. If it's anything like Top Gun, it'll be cool, but not a good movie. Yep. That's so, what Top Gun films are, though. right? Yes, it will be cool to watch it in the theater and then not see it again. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But maybe it's maybe it's fantastic. Uh, fingers crossed. Radio.
2: Moving on to our next uh, next awards. Um, so here is the award for the best villain, which we've just had the best hero. So now we're doing the best villain. Um, so the nominations for the best villain are Ben Mendelsohn, who is director Krennic in Rogue One, Ian McDiarmid, who is Sheev Palpatine, Darth Sidious, the Emperor and the Senate in the prequel trilogy. The Senate. More notably, Revenge of the Sith. Mm-hmm. And John Lithgow, Lord Farquaad from Shrek.
1: Now, we, we we had to put an animated character in here somewhere, and Lord Farquaad is hilarious. I think it's a well deserved best villain, though. Yeah, I don't know about this. I don't about I don't know. Okay. Um, he's fine like he's good i don't know but to be honest just looking at this category you can see that villains are so hard to do well like like there's no you know sator or there's no you know whoever the bad person in inception is mm-hmm. it's just like it, it's so hard to do a bad character well yeah Okay. there's no Jeffrey Rush as Barbosa or whatever, like you know, it's mm. just and so this category isn't great, I will say. Like, you know, Ben Mendelssohn is cool as director Krennic, that's for sure, and definitely one of the best villains Disney has produced as, once they've taken over Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Even McDermott, I mean, his performance in Revenge of the Sith is great, yep, but could the character have been better? But most definitely, regardless, the winner of the best villain season one of the rewatch podcast is ian mcdermott as sheev palberti
2: ah, as... oh look at him flying oh, across the crowd right here he comes he's flying he's coming up. i am the senate do it mm. do it
1: and um do it i've got Ian next to me now and oh, um,
2: ian.
1: i was um so Ian, um i'm thinking you know what should i do with this award should, should i should i give it to you is, is that the best thing for me to do um and what if what's do it? Do it. Okay, there it is. There it is for him. There it is. goes, spinning majestically on the way. Um, the man is the senate after all. Um, so yes, don't try and get any diplomatic negotiations through him. This is how democracy dies. Okay, moving on. This is one of the biggest awards in the entire show.
2: Yeah. Do we want to flip it so you read the nominations and I award it? Sounds good. We can do that. Yeah. So, the next award
1: is the prestigious meme award. The nominees are Shrek, Revenge of the Sith, and Attack of the Clones.
2: And the prestigious meme award goes
1: to... Revenge of the Sith. Uh, of, course, of course, Could it go to anyone else? No, because no. there is an Instagram account dedicated to every single line of dialogue in Revenge of the Sith. Mm-hmm. And they're memeing every single line. And you know what? They've got a relatively easy job. Yep. Things like hello there, things like can I have the high ground? It's just too good. Yep. Most of it's Obi-Wan. Because of Obi-Wan. Because of Obi-Wan. Exactly, there's another Perfect. But um, George Lucas is going to have a busy night tonight. You know, here he comes again. He's, he's, he's got his arm. Before.
2: George, you got too many awards
1: there. Let Marty hold some for you. can get him. So um, but yes, now he's George Lucas is having a good night tonight. Um, he deserves to have some credit for Revenge of the Sith. You know yep. what? If you're not going to win Best Picture, the next best thing is probably the prestigious Moon Yeah. You know? So, yeah, there's that one. George Lucas, he'd be well chuffed with that one. Yeah. In terms of memes from the other films, Shrek is, you know, it's memeable. Obviously, we have the whole Shrek is love, Shrek is life. Yep. And that was obviously a major meme back in the day. And obviously, Attack of the Clones probably came close to taking that Very one. Great. It's got to be either between Attack of the Clones or Revenge of the Sith.
2: And I think Joker was also edging its way in a bit. Oh, yeah. But think Shrek kind of overthrew overthrew it. Mm, mm, Shrek yeah. has a lot of memes as
1: well. You want to hear another joke, Mario?
2: <laughs> Watch out, Robert
1: De Niro. <laughs> he's got a go. Robert De Niro is shifting in the seat. He's like, a, he's sweating over there. Maybe I, I should leave. Uh, stand up before this guy uh, goes to him Walking Phoenix is sitting right behind him. So it's a Walking's bit... <laughs> <Joaquin's> stop <up> smiling. <laughs> Question time.
2: Radio. Do exactly. you want me to go first?
1: Yeah, you go first. Give oh, me the yeah. question.
2: Okay. This is a more modest question. Mm-hmm. If you had a biopic written about you, what would the title be?
1: The title. Yeah. Well it depends what <laughs> my life would be about, you know? If it's so far. So far. Oh geez. Oh, I don't know. That's a very deep question. Isn't it is it? a very deep question. Yikes. Um, I don't know, I've stumped you there. yeah that is a tough one. Um, yeah, I was thinking, you yeah, know, maybe I can put the amazing something, <laughs> the amazing Samuel, Proud. the amazing law student. You had to sneak the amazing in there, the amazing it? something, but. But if I had more time, I think of like something that had like a bit more deep meaning, you know, maybe get some like thematic elements in there. But mm-hmm. in terms of my life as a narrative, I don't know, like what the theme of it would be like, what's the theme of life? Anyone, <laughs> <laughs> Anyone can cook a biography about me. Yes. Um, fantastic. I mean, if I go on to become, you know, one of the world's best chef, then maybe. But, maybe. but I don't think so. That's not the trajectory I'm looking at at the moment. Um no that's a very deep question and you know sort of you have to ask yourself like what what is the meaning of your life so far i don't know how about i just call it a number and get out easy (laughs) like at seven how about 18. (laughs) (laughs) you could tell i was running out of questions (laughs) no that's a that's a too good of a question i I need like at least a year to think about this. To think about it, yeah. Yeah. Because you have to think like, you know, maybe, maybe, you know, I have a certain trait that others, I don't know, not like others maybe don't think about much or Mm -hmm. I don't know, you have to find something like really special about something that you do. I don't know, but that's very difficult, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I've got a question for you. That's going to be a lot easier. Yep. Um. But again, listen to the the wording very closely. So if you could erase a movie from time, which one would it be and why? Now it's only one movie. Can't erase a series. So nice try, but Kathleen's getting out jail free. (laughs) One movie, gone. Never Easy question, you reckon. Never released one movie. It can be a movie in a series. But if there's a movie that comes after it, that movie will remain.
2: Yeah, I know what you're trying to say. <laughs> okay.
1: So you can't take out The Last Jedi, that's what I'm saying. You take out The Last Jedi, either Rise of Skywalker, just, it just still exists.
0: Okay.
2: We might have to take a bit of a maintenance break And I'll come up with an answer. But I'll I'll think of one. Okay, I got one. So, it was either 2019 or 2020. I think it was 2020. I bought a movie ticket. $14, I think. And I would like my $14 back. Now, look, there's a lot more movies out there that are probably more impactful if I were to Mm. erase them from time. But in saying that, 2020, I watched A New Mutants, which is just the most utterly horrendous film I have ever seen in my life. And in my review of it, I actually posted that I wish that this film was left unfinished. So I think it's it's somewhat fitting that I erase it from time. And to anyone out there that's listening to this right now, by God, please listen to me. Never watch The New Mutants. It's a Marvel film. But if you like Marvel, just skip this one. It doesn't exist because there's nothing in the film that I like about it.
1: Absolutely nothing. And you want that $14 back? I want
2: my $14 back.
1: That's fair enough. It could go towards buying a better film on DVD. That's fair. Yeah, if I could erase a movie from time, I'd erase Toy Story Four. Whoa! Yeah, because I just feel like it's unnecessary. It's a good film though. It's it's good. It's not fantastic like the other ones, and and if you just take it out, then the film ends perfectly. I do I? like the ending of Toy Story Three. Like if you took out the Dark Knight Rises, I was gonna say that Batman used still end well, you know. So yeah, that's what I'm thinking because I just like it looks too good and. It's just like unnecessary, like the whole movie is just mm-hmm. unnecessary. It ended perfectly, so leave it. Um, fair enough, fair enough. But regardless, that's a movie I'd erase from time.
2: Moving on up next, which is another original award from the Rewatch Awards. We're mm-hmm. not afraid
1: to get negative here.
2: <laughs> we have the worst performance. Here are the nominations.
1: Um, look, I'm going to eyeball these people in the For crowd. Especially minutes. the last one in this nomination. is getting a good stare from me.
2: Hayden Christensen, Anakin Skywalker, Attack of the Clones. You know, in the
1: Oscars, when, when you announce an award as a nominee, they get, get you a, a live mm-hmm. video of their face. This one, just imagine... You know, as we get the live audience on the screen, their heads are just down, like, in their hands. Like, they're just looking at the floor, just trying to avoid eye contact. I mean, why did they come? Because I thought they might have gotten the best actor. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, guys. But someone has to be lost, you
2: know? Moving on. Amelia Clark, Kira, Solo, A Star Wars Story. Well deserved. CGI, Jeff Bridges, Clue, from legacy,
1: I gotta say that's a wild card. Wild card, CGI Jeff Bridges, man. Did you see it coming? His performance was pretty bad, yeah. and we can safely rip on Jeff Bridges because he's not a person. CGI Jeff Bridges. Yep, it's completely
2: separate from from Jeff Bridges. Yeah, do not mix the two.
1: Yeah, it's literally a computer generated animated character. Mm. But there can only be one winner. And out of these three, the winner is. It was always going to be Hayden Christensen yep. from Attack of the Clones playing like Anakin Skywalker. He doesn't like sand and he's not afraid to tell you about it. Um, for yeah. me, sorry, go on. His performance is just utterly terrible.
2: Is I mean, there he's, anything he's still?
1: About up, we'll just talk about him while he's coming up, up the up the stairs here. Mm-hmm. We'll just continue talking about him. It's lucky that
2: we're keeping social distancing because I'm not feeling too safe with Anakin Skywalker over there. You know, he might pull lightsaber out of his pocket. You know, he goes
1: with murder the woman, yes, children. He doesn't. He doesn't care about your age demographic. No, nope. he will kill you regardless. No. for me, the thing that set uh, his performance below the rest is the angry face once his mom dies and he's sort of he's holding his dead mother and it's like a quite emotional scene it did have the potential to be really powerful
3: Mm -hmm.
1: but he he looks up and he does this incredibly horrible. just i don't know who approved this but he just has this angry face and it just i I know the one you're talking about is it where he's like showing his teeth and he's like his eyes are like watery he's like He's like trying to look depressed and angry at the same time, mm-hmm. but he just comes across as trying to act really hard. Yep. It doesn't work. But regardless, the award is well-deserved. There you are, Hayden. Looking forward to seeing you in the obi yep. One series, though, so please do not.
2: Please return. And, and, we'll and gets good,
1: photo, gets maybe we'll give you... a that's, that's the, the women and the children. That's the, the women and the children the, photo. Also okay. bad, I will say. Also bad. That's the one. That's, that's the, the one. one. <laughs> that's the one it's a determined angry face
2: determined was, angry face that's yeah. a good way to put it
1: um but yeah Hayden shouldn't be disheartened though because his performance in the next film was a lot better
0: mm-hmm.
1: than provided the story was a lot better and he was just saying the lines that he was told to say and yeah. he was told to act the way George Lucas told him to act so really we're looking at you George Lucas with your trophies over there here's another award for you a bucket of trophies Who's the true. real culprit here? I'm at John Lucas, maybe a genius, but you know, every genius is a bit mad from time to time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: All right, this next category—we're getting into the serious awards now. Yeah. Getting to a bit more serious, less original, more Oscar-friendly, but obviously this is like the Oscars but cooler. So don't go anywhere.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Best performance by an actress. The nominees are
2: Millie Bobby Brown, Enola Holmes, Enola yeah. Holmes, Emma Stone, Gwen Stacy, <laughs> The Amazing Spider Man, Felicity Jones, Jin Erso, Rogue One, a Star Wars story.
1: Now I know who I want to win.
2: <laughs> Look, I think. Some of these nominations, we had to kind of mix and match because we didn't watch a lot of female-led films. And now, before you decide to cancel us, we wanted to. It's just that some of the films we watched let us down. So we decided to stick with a more wide range of films that we've watched before that we enjoyed and we knew the audience would enjoy
1: we tried to watch i won't say the names now they'll come up later but two films that we intended on doing for the podcast we watched or at least you at least watched watched them and they were so bad that we thought nobody's going to want to hear us talk about this movie for longer than 20 minutes so Mm -hmm. so we just decided not to do a podcast on it but we still like i still watch one of them and you watch both so Mm -hmm. We gave it a fair crack, but regardless, there's a really good performance in this category. So, yeah. how about let's give it to let's give out that 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 award? But the winner is Millie Bobby Brown, Brown in Enola mm-hmm. Holmes. Um, and this is a really well deserved award, considering yeah. the age of Millie Bobby Brown, she's probably only she's probably younger yeah. than us, actually, she's probably like 17, 16, 16. Yeah. yeah, which is really, really impressive. Also, you know, we talked about in know Our Holmes the podcast when we did it, the morality of child actors and, you know, mm-hmm. the, if you're on that team, the, your parents should, you know, push you into this Hollywood world. Mm-hmm. But Billy Bobby Brown seems to be taking it really, really well. Um, and In Our Holmes, she's the best thing about the movie, I think.
2: 100%, yeah. Yeah, I think she delivered a really, really good performance in the film. And, you know, it, we, we could have given it to Emma Stone, but is Emma Stone a lead in Actually. The Amazing Spider-Man? Yep. Enola Holmes kind of stole the spotlight in Enola Holmes. Yep. So uh, I think it was a fitting choice.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's, I have no um, reservations about giving this award to Millie Bobby Brown at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm sure she'll be very grateful for that award. Yep. Um, but yeah. Question, Question time. Question time. Do you want me to go first? You go first.
2: It's funny because one of my questions was the one you asked me last round. So I kind of have to cut that out now, but I'll think of another one. Um, Let's go with this one. You have to live without one. Oh, dear. Nolan. Vilnelevini. Danny
1: V. Danny V. Or Mark Webb. Oh, no. He's only gone and got my three best favourite favorite directors of all time and told me to get rid of one. Are they actually
2: your best three?
1: Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm looking at my Blu-ray collection. David, David Fincher would be up there. David Fincher. But- and to be honest, I've seen more of the, the other lads' films than David Fincher. Mm-hmm. Oh. <sighs> <laughs> Christopher <laughs> Nolan is yeah. probably... God, don't you dare say no. <laughs> no, I'm going through them. I'm giving you reasons for why I might make a decision. I haven't made a decision yet. I'm going to talk through it myself first because I don't know how to make such a decision. But Christopher Nolan is continually d- delivering original films.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I really like Tenet. It's one of my favourite movies.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And we watched Interstellar last night and that was really, really good. Wars mm-hmm. have become one of my favourites. I like Batman Begins, one of my favorites. So, like, three favorites have come out of Nolan. Inception's up there as well. And you have to think about continuing onwards. Like, Nolan is probably guaranteed to continue to produce good films. Yep. He doesn't make bad films. That's the thing. Then you have. Oh, no. (laughs) This is demoralizing. I hate this. Then you have Denny V. One of my favourite films, if not probably, I like up in to my top three, is Blade Runner 2049 from Denny V, one of the best-looking movies ever made. And then you have Arrival, which is really good. And then you have um, oh, Enemy, mm-hmm. which, I mean, I didn't really enjoy watching it, but I'm intrigued, and I might watch it again. He's He's doing June. Yep. He did Prisoners, which is one of my favourite movies too. What about Zodiac? Was that David Fincher? No, it was David Fincher. Yeah. David Fincher. See, if you made it four and put David Fincher in there, it would have been just as hard. But oh, this is difficult. Danny V is also probably guaranteed to at least keep on making really good-looking movies.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But I think he's got a worse of a record than Nolan maybe. But they're both really damn good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mark Webb, the wild card. Yeah. Mark Webb, if he didn't do The Amazing Spider-Man, this man would be out, no problem. And i don't need him in the future like i don't need mark webb in the future but he directed my favorite movie of all time the amazing spider-man 2 and obviously did the amazing spider-man as well which i really love two of my favorite movies and 500 days of summer which i really like as well but mark webb isn't i don't think he's doing anything interesting in the future oh my god you know, so both. what am I doing? Am I just eliminating one for like from now onwards? No. It's got to be Mark Web. Oh God, because the next movie that Mark Webb's is supposed to be doing is like a Cinderella live action movie or something, like mm-hmm. what Snow White live action movie or something, and he's not going to be coming back to the Spider Man, like or the Spider Man, you know, universe anytime soon. I really hope that they if Andrew Garfield is involved in a Spider-Man movie, I'd really hope Mark Webb is there in some capacity. But Can I alter my question? Oh. And I'll what I'm going
2: to do. What's he going to do? The director never existed. Oh, no. Because <laughs> <laughs> you found a cheat in my question. And that's what I wanted it to intend. This.
1: To changes oh, no, this changed it. I'm going to go with... <laughs> I'm going to go with... Denny V. Okay, because he has the least amount of favorites. Denny's walking out of the. I'm sorry, he's Denny. walking out of the theater. Look at him go! Oh. What have you done? No, he's beaming though. He's very happy. Yeah. He's got his awards on set. Oh uh, yeah, it's got to be Denny V. Because Blade
2: Runner twenty forty
1: nine. while it's one of my favorite movies. Mm-hmm. I didn't discover it until like last year, yeah. and still would have had the original Blade Runner. So. Yeah. And then prisoners is good, but I don't own it mm-hmm. because I can't find it anywhere. But so, so yeah, it's got to be Danny V because oh Mark gosh. was safe because you know he made the amazing Spider Man in Five Hundred Days of Summer, didn't he? So yeah, he's safe. Wow! But yeah,
2: you
1: yeah, heard it here first. Changing the topic of that question, there was a good a good bet, mm-hmm. I think. Um, I've got a um a good question here for you if Robert Pattinson wasn't Batman, who should take his place in the upcoming film, The Batman?
2: Oh, God damn it. I'm really excited for his interpretation of Batman. Me too. And I think it's more so because he's playing this sort of emo 90s Batman, yeah. which we haven't seen before, which is interesting and new.
0: Really?
2: I've seen, you know, I've seen Ben Affleck's Batman a bunch of times reiterated, you know, hmm. We've seen that character, but there's something different about Robert Pattinson's Batman Batman that I was excited for. Now, I'm gonna ask you a question back. Is it the actor that's changing, or is it the whole tone of the film that's changing? Like just like replacing the actor,
1: having the same script, same everything, same everything. everything. If Robert Pattinson wasn't Batman in the Batman, who would it be? Who should it be? Tom Cruise. No. <laughs> oh man, it's difficult. If you want to go, I can ask another one. But no, I mean, no, no, I want to think about this.
2: It's
1: a tricky one because you actually have to put yourself as the casting person. You have to think who's, yep. gonna, who's gonna do an emo Batman well, like who's got not only the gravitas and the physicality of being mm. a missing figure, but also. You know, not being as menacing as, say, Ben Affleck. Like,
2: yeah. Okay. I've got well, a
1: good one. Okay. Um, is it
2: like present day or like from any time in their lifetime? Oh, if you're going
1: to pick another time, you can. You can, yeah, but Bennett, okay. But make sure you tell us what age they should be and stuff.
2: Oh, I think that Leonardo DiCaprio would do a decent job as Batman. Okay. And if you've seen The Great Gatsby, you'd probably know why. I think so. he plays like this classy character so well in the great Gatsby Gatsby Mm -hmm. that it's just, it's just something about his character that feels like, you know, Batman. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I feel like I'd really want to see that. And even like, even like present Leonardo DiCaprio, I think would do really well in the role, but since it's like set in the nineties, a younger Leo would probably work better. Um, but even like modern day Leo, I think would be quite an interesting Batman. No, mm. oh, that is interesting. What about somebody
1: like Brad Pitt die his hair?
2: I was thinking about that as well. Mm. Like I was going through like all of like Nolan's films and, mm. and uh, Quentin Tarantino. Mm. Um, it would work, but I I'd, now that I'm thinking of The Great Gatsby, I yeah. think Leonardo DiCaprio would be kind of interesting. Mm. Mm.
1: Like Jake Gyllenhaal maybe.
2: Oh, that's another good one. I, I didn't think
1: of that. That's a good one. You yeah. have to dye their hair. You have to dye their hair because yeah. he's, he's like brown blonde, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. But mm, yeah, no, interesting. Very right. interesting. I think we have one award left before we take a short break, mm-hmm. an intermission perhaps. Um, and that award is
2: Best Performance by an Actor. Oh, this is a big one. Another big one. And it's just following probably the second biggest one, which is best performance by an actress. Yeah. Or I'd say they would go alongside one another. Sorry. 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 (laughs) Diversity. My bad. bad.
1: Don't get us cancelled in our last episode. we made it this far. We can continue going. The nominees for best performance by an actor are Joaquin Phoenix, as Arthur Fleck slash Joker in Joker, Leonardo DiCaprio as Cobb in Inception, and Johnny Depp as Captain Jack Sparrow in Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl. Johnny Depp is vying for a second award, which is interesting. Very interesting. Leonardo DiCaprio has a a quiet day as far as award shows are concerned. We've just talked about him. Yeah, we've talked about him. But usually he'd be pacing up and down this stage all night if it was the Oscars, Mm. recently anyway. Yeah. Because they've only just realised that he exists. Exactly. So the winner is...
2: Joaquin Phoenix, Arthur Fleck Joker from Joker.
1: I mean, there's a performance... And then there's Joaquin Phoenix mm-hmm. as, you know, when we were deciding the award for this one, thinking, you know, what, what are the defining characteristics? And for me, at least it was that laugh. Yep. And that struggle yep. that he had in his throat. It's just
2: incredible. Right. Yeah. I think like, likewise, what I would take from awarding best actor or best actress is what they put into the character and, how much effort they went into becoming the character and Arthur Fleck, uh, sorry, Joaquin Phoenix, I've essentially just said has become the character. Yeah. You know, I think the amount of effort that he put into Joker was just incredible. I mean, you know, the, the amount of study that it went into creating his sort of manacle sort of laugh and his, mm. his, even like his body transformation. Cause he went through a body transformation. Yeah. Um, man it's just just unmatched right like neither Leonardo DiCaprio or Johnny Depp probably did as much research as Joaquin Phoenix in Joker yeah Yeah. they're magnificent actors and they did a great job but Joaquin Phoenix is just another level
1: that's true I mean Joaquin really sold the film like it wouldn't have worked without him I think we said that when we reviewed the film and you know, there's just something special about that performance and to watch that in the theatre was really something else. Um, and, yeah, obviously, like, he won the Best Oscar, like, Best Actor Oscar. So, you know, Academy Awards are doing something right. Yeah. But we're here to pick up this night. Exactly. We're going to give him an award too. Exactly. And he's coming on stage and he's told me, hang on, let me see what he wants. Yeah, Walking has just informed me that, he wants to say a few words about some issues that he feels strongly about. And I tells him that if you're not going to talk about the film, nobody gives a shit what you think.
2: <laughs> no, Joaquin, you can't tell another joke. <laughs> this is a formal ceremony. Robert, come get him. Robert. Can we get security? Joaquin. That's enough, thank
1: you. All right, off he goes. Uh, Well, I think that brings us to a temporary close. We're going to go for an intermission now and put some lovely awards music on. We'll be right back after this break. Hello everyone my name is Martin Scorsese. I would like to tell Samuel and Jaden that they are quits f- This is the sh**test awards show I have ever seen and it deserves to be burned to the ground. F you guys. And f you Christopher Nolan. Welcome back to part 2 of the Rewatch Awards. Please excuse the disturbance created by Martin Scorsese during the break. He has been taken into custody and will be dealt with by the full extent of the law. We do not tolerate such violence.
2: Good evening ladies and gentlemen and welcome back to the second half of the Rewatch Awards ceremony. We've just rudely been interrupted by Martin Scorsese who had a bit of an outburst but as you heard over the loudspeaker, he is being dealt with by the proper authorities and he will be um, sentenced appropriately. (laughs) I'm glad that Martin
1: Scorsese has... um... He's not coming back next year, let's be real. Yes. He's shown his true colours, what can we say? And obviously for legal reasons, we're just going to clarify that that is not the real Martin (laughs) Scorsese. Regardless, we have a second half of a show to run mm-hmm. with or without the most acclaimed director in the film industry, yep. whether he is present or not, the Rewatch Awards go on mm-hmm. and we have some very juicy awards coming up. Very. Um, so let's dive right into them. We've got Best Supporting Performance by an Actor now. Actor slash actress. Oh, is that so? Yes, okay. Robert Pattinson, Neil
2: Tennant, Jake Johnson, Peter B. Parker, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, Donald Glover, Lando
1: Calrissian, Solo: A Star Wars Story. Hmm, interesting, interesting category here. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say there's a clear frontrunner. Yeah, I would um, most definitely say so as well. And the winner is Robert Pattinson. comes. Oh, um, very... um, you know what? This is his second award. I believe so because he also took out the award for um, delusions.
2: delusions.
1: Oh, Robert Pattinson, he's, he's having a busy night tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, but here he comes. Um, yes, thank you. There you are, Robert. Um, sorry, I mispronounced your last name, but force of habit now. I have to say the I. Yeah. I have to give emphasis on the I. Mm-hmm. So, therefore, you will be known as Robert Pattinson. Pattinson. Um, but regardless, mate, looking forward to seeing you in the Batman. Very excited. Yeah. Very excited. Uh, best of luck. He's got two. His hands are full, Jake. Oh, He's showing so, off now. Rightfully, Look at him now. rightfully so. He's got all of the awards. Um, I don't think he's actually won an, an Oscar yet. No. I don't think so. No. So, you know, he's um, – but, I mean, why would you want to win He's an got Oscar a more prestigious Exactly. I mean, he's going to go home and tell everyone that he's got the award for best, um, for the <laughs> most quotable line or um, – Funniest dialogue award, I should say, mm-hmm. delusions. Um, but moving on, would you like to announce the next award category?
2: Yes. So, next up on the radar, we have a very, uh, oh. very special award, um, which is Best Director, which is a very, very prestigious award, which I think a lot of people are most excited for here tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a big one. Yeah. So, I'll run through the... uh, Actually, do you want to run through the nominations and then I can announce
1: it, switch it up? Exactly, yes. All right, the nominations for Best Director are Christopher Nolan for Inception and Tenet, Todd Phillips for Joker, and John Favreau for Iron Man. And the winner is...
2: Christopher
1: Nolan for Inception and Tenet. I mean, he's one of my favorites. He's got to be one of your favorites too, right? Oh, of
0: course. I
1: mean,
2: how could Christopher Nolan go home empty handed tonight? He's gonna, I
1: think he might go home with the most awards. Yeah. He's got two now already. Why has he got another yes. one? Well, our best of 2020 award uh, went to yes. see. So he's been up on the stage before, just like Robert Pattinson. I mean, Robert Pattinson. Sorry, Mm -hmm. um, and um, here he comes again, Christopher Nolan. Um, Why isn't this man knighted by the Queen? By the way, Sir Christopher Christopher Nolan. It should be there. You are so cool. cool. It is an honor to provide you with this prestigious award. It is very well earned for Inception Mm -hmm. and Tenet. Yeah, of course. Both incredibly, um, incredibly beautiful films Mm -hmm. and uh, incredibly um, difficult films to grasp. I think we'll see a lot of Christopher Nolan in the future at the Rewatch Awards. Mm, yes, he's, um, he's he's a favourite of ours. Mm. but He's just a man that continues to do original films. Yep. You know, he hasn't done a sequel yet, apart from obviously Batman films. But that was intended from the beginning. Well, I don't think it was, but regardless, his best film is The Dark Knight and that's a sequel. So we can see at that point, but... The man's always trying to do something original. Yep. Who has the guts to do 10? No. Except no one. No one except Nolan. So, and you, you know, whatever know. he does next, everyone's going to be we're excited love for it, it. And we're going to be excited for it. Fantastic. So Christopher Nolan, he takes out the award for best director. Well-deserved. Yep. Um, Martin Scott says he's turning in his jail cell <laughs> as we speak. <laughs> I
2: can imagine him having his little... Uh, 80s TV in the box in the corner streaming live streaming live. Yeah. Ah. Everyone wave to Martin Scorsese
1: in the waves wave screen. to the cameras, everyone. How you doing Marty? Yes. Um there is your movie taxi driver. It's on the bottom of my shelf uh, oh, the top right. Um sorry Marty. All right. That brings us to um question, question time. time. Uh, I've got a few good questions. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll go first, shall I? Yeah. This is very topical, actually, because we've just seen the man, Christopher Nolan. I was going to make a spot about Christopher yeah. Nolan as well. So. And it, it relates to the whole sequel discussion we were just having. Mm-hmm. Christopher Nolan, he hasn't done a lot of sequels, as we just said. However, like if Christopher Nolan did a sequel to one of his films, mm-hmm. obviously not the Batman film, mm-hmm. because they wanted one of done, Yep. If Christopher Nolan did a sequel to one of his films, which film, which universe should he continue? Think of the likes of Inception, Interstellar, Tenet, Dunkirk even.
2: Well, just going off of the films that have seen from Christopher Nolan, right, Um, you've got the Batman trilogy, which he said is out of question, can't choose that,
1: for clear reason. Unless you'd want like a I like, want it. Robin movie or Jason Gordon Levitt or something.
2: Um so it's it's essentially Interstellar, Inception, Tenet, and they're the only three Nolan films I've seen, that are mm-hmm. standalone films. Um I feel like Tenet ending is way too good to just be meddled with. Like I, I wouldn't believe oh, okay. that 'cause it'd have to be in a in a state of like I don't want to see anything else with this because it's really, really good. Um, and the same goes with Inception. I feel like if you were to explain what's happening with the uh, with his little um, trinket, it would kind of just ruin the whole, you know, what happened in Inception.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: just fair. tearing that apart. So as you've probably already found out, know, I, I don't want sequel to uh, interstellar but if it was to be one of the three it would probably be interstellar
1: yeah yeah i a lot of people were calling for a tenet sequel when it first came out because obviously like the way tenet ends it's like halfway like mm-hmm. in the story because you know obviously like the protagonist goes on to the found or like to you know create tenet mm-hmm. so like there's still a lot for the protagonist to do when the film ends yep he has to like the pincer movement so he has to you know and eventually he would have like young Neil when they went back and mm-hmm. so there's interesting concepts there to be you know meddled with but yeah. I think Interstellar's probably the best bet you know let's see what happens when Matthew McConaughey goes back and exactly meets right. um Adam halfway on that planet um, let's see how human civilization goes up
2: and I explained it as like I don't want or Inception to be touched or mm. messed with, but that's the same with Interstellar. I think yeah. its ending is very well done, which I is with all Nolan films. It's just that Inception has given so much to cinema in terms of its ending, and I think Tenet is way too new to just have a sequel just thrown out already. I mean, it's his, it's his love
1: project. I know, so if he's ever going to do it, he's never going to do it. But the thing is, like the financial performance of Tenet, yeah. and now we have obviously. Warner Bros and Christopher Nolan are butting heads at the moment over the whole, you know, straight to HBO Max sort of yeah. situation. So unlikely they're going to work together again. Mm-hmm. You know, do Warner Brothers own the rights to Tenet now? Like, you know, just imagine it's just going to be so difficult. It's going to be a mess, yeah. But, you know, maybe in like 20 years. Yeah. There are something, but, you know, it'll be... Years. ten Ten. Ooh. Yeah.
2: Anyways, on the topic of Christopher Nolan... um just came with this on the top of my head. Mm. And I'm curious to see your answer. So Christopher cool. Nolan works within his own, own sort of realm of actors and actresses, right? Mm-hmm. He, he keeps on employing the same actors for his jobs, you know, Michael Caine, you can see Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Gordon mm-hmm. um, well. yeah, a bunch of them. So if you were to see a new front runner, in a Christopher Nolan film, so the, the main actor or actress, who would you hire? And it doesn't have to be within his, you know, mm. previously
1: selected. Just like somebody new to come in. And- new to come in and mm. rock out a Christopher Nolan film. Yeah, you so go? just like become the, like, the protagonist of a Christopher Nolan film and then, you know, maybe come up in some yeah. future films. Um, I'm liking Jake Gyllenhaal at the moment. He's a fantastic actor, obviously. I don't think he, he has not been in any Christopher Nolan films. No. But he's worked with a lot of other prestigious directors like David Fincher and Danny V and, mm-hmm. you know, all, all of all of the sorts. But he has not worked with Christopher Nolan yet. And obviously Hall is like, you know, he's been a superhero, so he's got experience with, you know, him on a green screen. But obviously yep. Christopher Nolan films, there wouldn't be many of those. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, so Hall would be cool. Um, but maybe even somebody like Daniel Craig would be cool. Mm-hmm. Um, more, because obviously British as well. Yep. So, Mr. Nolan's British too. Um, mm-hmm. He likes to hire British people, like we've seen that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, um, that would be cool to see um, Jake Hall in a Chris Nolan movie just because we haven't seen him yet. and that would be
2: pretty
1: cool. He would work good as a protagonist as well, I
2: think. He's done a lot of, um, <clears throat> like, a mixture of films, like he, he's. Mm-hmm. He's kind of like uh, um, Robert De Niro in the sense that every project he does is something different. He doesn't work on sequels. It's it's essentially new media each time. Mm. So I feel like putting him in a Nolan film could just end up being the next, you know, uh, Prisoners, for example. Yeah. Yeah, and he's really
1: good in prison and obviously we're waiting to see Nightcrawler. Mm-hmm. He's really good in that too. And I think he was pretty good in enemy as well. Like, you know, acting against yourself.
0: I liked like his performance. Yeah. So
1: yeah. All right. Um that concludes question time for now. Let's proceed with a few more awards. Mm-hmm. Two more. The next award is awards oh, big one. So obviously as we've gone through season one of the Rewatch Podcast, we've taken two films from, or a maximum, of two, minimum of one. Um, two s- songs. Songs, rather, yes, um, of every film we've watched and put mm-hmm. them in a Spotify playlist. Yep. Playlist is called the Rewatch Playlist. If you search the Rewatch, it'll come up
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, on Spotify.
2: Along with our podcast as well. Yeah.
1: And um, so you can see it's a pretty cool movie playlist, like all sorts of bangers in there because we've only put the best in. Yeah. Um, but this is the award for best original song from that playlist. So what is the best song in the playlist? Very hard category, wasn't it? Very, very hard category, I would argue. We um we had like maybe like a short list of like ten and we just had like knock them out one by one. It was very, very difficult.
0: Very difficult,
1: yeah. Um, but I, I think we've come to
2: a a nice Um trio of songs that fantastic trio of songs in reality could all be chosen to be
1: the best original song and even some of the other songs like even some of the songs that have missed out from this category are fantastic and if they were on their own you know in a in a season that was that had worse music they could have taken it out but sure yeah we heard some bangers yeah but here are the nominations.
2: He's the pirate
1: Hans Zimmer,
2: caused belt. Jewel of the Fates, John Williams. You've got a friend in me, Randy Newman.
1: Three legendary composers there:
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Hans Zimmer, John Williams, Randy Newman. Yep. I mean, if you if you want a space opera music. Soundtrack, you go to John Williams. Yep. If you want literally any soundtrack, you go to Hans And if you want an animation soundtrack, or maybe a soundtrack to *Marriage Story*, or if you make a Pixar film, Randy Newman. Randy Newman. The but there can only be one winner for best original song, and that goes to "He's a Pirate" from Pirates oh, Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl, Mm -hmm. Hans Zimmer, The Wizard, and obviously, Claude, Badelt, is it? I think Um, it's Badelt, yeah. All right, too easy. Um, But, yes, those two, um, they created a song that is about as iconic as it gets. Yeah, for sure.
2: If you think, like, most iconic cinema themes of all time, you know, Jurassic Park, uh, Star Wars, Wars,
0: Pirates of the
2: Caribbean. I mean, you know, we've got Star Wars in there, so it just goes to show that they've left an impression on, you know, theatre and cinema. So just massive franchises with spectacular scores, yeah.
1: It's one of those songs that, like, if you played it, no matter whether people had seen the movie or not, they would know. They know what it is. It just sounds like a pirate song. So awesome Mm -hmm. Um, and really quite epic too towards the end and really builds up. But yeah, Hans Zimmer, he was guaranteed to get an award. Oh, for
2: sure. I watched a a video on Hans Zimmer and it was a live performance of Time from Inception. Wow. And um, there's this sort of um, part towards the end where there's like this electric guitar and it's like, ding, 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 ding. and it's like right at the end of it, and like, there's like this live audience, and it's like massive, spectacular, like violins and everything, and then Hans is like walking out with his electric guitar, just playing oh it. my gosh, and everything, like, oh,
1: so good, it's like a rock concert, yeah. Oh, that's, that's what cool. I want. I want a Hans world tour. Yeah, like before he dies, I want like him to like go around the world and like play his like most iconic songs. Even like not him like necessarily, just like get like an orchestra
0: mm-hmm. like that
1: just like travels around the world and like just, oh what I would give to have like the amazing Spider Man two soundtrack mm-hmm. like in a, a full orchestra and you just sit mm-hmm. it like out. I I get goosebumps just listening to like my headphones. Like can you imagine? Like you get the bell at the start. Oh yeah. And even just like the main themes and you have the Wonder Woman theme. He yeah. creates some really iconic and then obviously, this one as well. He's a pirate, yeah. That would be fantastic, yeah. Cool. I saw this comment on the video and it
2: said, um, this will be the song that plays at the end of the world at the end of the credits when the world finishes. And it was just, oh, wow, it's yeah. like that,
1: yeah. yeah comment sums
2: up <laughs> so that's the
0: comment, yeah. yeah, or the, yeah either, it's
1: either <laughs> got to be that or a like Star Wars thing, yeah, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, um. So Hans Zimmer, well-deserved. Um, he's very for that one. Yeah. Now, keeping on the music theme, mm-hmm. would you like to announce our next category? Yeah. So we have the best original score, and
2: that's not to be confused with the best original song, as song is a singular um, piece of work, whereas an original score is like a whole album that was debuted on the film. <laughs> yeah. So the nominations for the best original score are Star Wars, Revenge of the Sith, John Williams, Toy Story, Randy Newman, Pirates of the Caribbean, Hans Zimmer. Now I've just noticed these people appeared in the best original song as well. So it just goes to show that their work, is stretch along their whole album, not mm-hmm. just the one song, it's, yeah. it's all of them.
1: Yes, and obviously John Williams, Jewel of the Fates, which is the song mentioned previously, was for Phantom Menace. And this is, um, he's got the nomination here for Revenge of the Sith. So this is more of the soundtrack to the film. Like this is an award that goes to, obviously goes to the composer, but mm-hmm. it's something that adds to the film.
0: Yeah.
1: And the original song is more of just, that one song from the film. Yeah. That is just fantastic. Whereas this is just found that movie has a good soundtrack, yeah. It has good, good music all the way through. But my gosh, if the last category was was um was convoluted, mm-hmm. this one is it's just even more packed because yeah. best original store. I mean, I'll just list off a few others that go that ahead. Have? Yeah. Inception, section Tron legacy, shout out Harry. Sorry, yeah, yep. sorry, Harry. Tron legacy, had some good music. It did. half yeah, Daft Punk, it was really cool. Um, yeah. and they've just released their deluxe album actually on Spotify with oh, really? new music. Yeah, so people, people really like that movie. Um, but yeah, so, um, I mean, other every other Star Wars movie, like Attack of the Clones, the music was great. Joker, music was great. Cars, music was great. Into the Spider Verse, music was great. See, these are all iconic. It's soundtrack. hard to narrow it down, right? Even I would say even The Amazing Spider-Man has some pretty good music too. Yeah. But there can only be one winner.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Who is it going to be? Well, the winner of Best Original Score goes to Toy Story by Randy Newman. Yeah. Now, let's tell the viewers how much we fought mm-hmm. over this category. <laughs> This is by far the hardest category to yeah, pick. Yeah. And when we were going through these awards, we started and we were going, All right, you know, that's a clear winner, that's a clear winner. And then we get to this category and you say clear winner, I say clear winner, I say Toy Story, you say Revenge of the Sith, and we both go, Um, you know, well, know, what are we gonna do? And we couldn't we couldn't resolve it. We couldn't resolve it. Um, so we just left it. We were like, Oh, we'll come back to it. Yeah. And then we just like
2: I had to forfeit revenge. For <laughs> to sit. No, look, Toy Story. I think is a is a very very, um, it's it's perfected its score right, and mm. I think Randy Newman definitely deserved an award. Um, you know, John Williams has taken home several tonight, so I think Randy Newman taking home one is within fitting. Mm. Um, and Toy Story I mean, it's just if I, I think in a certain yeah. way, the score trumps the the story. And that's my yeah. opinion. Um, Randy mm. Newman has just delivered some fantastic scores over his career. Mm. Um, and just, just naming Toy Story. I mean, you've got a friend in me. Stranger, I think it's Stranger Strange Things. Oh, yeah. Strange Things.
1: Yeah. Um, and you then there, no more. Can, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it really is an iconic soundtrack. That's one thing I noticed when we did rewatch Toy Story. We just forget how good the music is. But well-deserved win there by Randy Newman on behalf of his film Toy Story, Mm -hmm. the best original score. So we're reaching the end now. Yeah. But um, we're going to have a few more questions now. Um, I'll pose a question to you. Mm -hmm. Okay. Tom Holland's Spider-Man has a dream sequence where he talks to Uncle Ben. Who should play him and consider Marisa Tomei's age in casting Uncle Ben in the MCU? Oh, God. (laughs) Because (laughs) Marisa Tomei, obviously... She's really young. Yes. in terms of how go going. This is really hard, man. Because um, you want like middle aged but
2: like not too old. Yeah, and
1: I should have would alphabet. Yeah. Make them make a make him her husband.
2: Damn, that's a really hard that's one. one. Um, I'm just looking through films here that I really love and just wondering whether there's any that he that Uncle Ben would fall under.
1: Any like, what's your favorite like male middle-aged actors? That could be. A- oh, I've got a one. Mm. Okay, Kimia.
2: Yeah. Gary Oldman. Oh. That's, Uncle ben. Ooh, that's yep. good. That's good. That is good. Yeah, I'd like to see that because
1: that's in, a really
2: good voice. In certain in certain films, he looks fairly old. Yeah. Um. You know, for example, The Dark Knight. Mm. He's he's definitely not a young-looking bloke, but at the same time, in the Harry Potter franchise, he plays Sirius Black, who is kind of, I would imagine, to be you know, mid forties mm. to late uh, to early forties, early late forties. Um, so I think he could be like a really really good pick for Uncle Ben, and I mean I just love him in all of his films. So, yeah. yeah, he's sixty-two, so, so
1: a bit older, but obviously wonders, he looks younger. Know, him. Yeah, I was gonna have a um, choice of Matthew McConaughey. What do you think about that?
2: That's an interesting one. Okay, um, it, it wouldn't have been my first
1: pick because Matthew McConaughey is Texan, so but, you, know, you know, he's not like related to like, his, like Peter Parker isn't like his birth child, yeah, so, yeah, so yeah, 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 but- yeah. He could be like his aunt May is. Um, Peter Parker's mum's sister. So therefore, like Matthew McCoy, like doesn't need to be related to him. Yeah. Okay. I
2: don't know. It, it's yeah. not my first pick yeah, for yeah, sure, but it, it's, a,
1: it's a good pick. Yeah. yeah. I, I saw a fan casting for him as um, Norman Osborne and I like yeah, that. that. That's a good pick. Um, but yeah, I, just, I could, could, could make a cool Uncle Ben as well. I'm sticking with
2: Gary Oldman. I like that choice. Yeah. Matthew has 51, so good. a bit younger.
1: I I can see Matthew Conhey and Rosa Tomei being a couple in film. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. No,
2: I can see that as well,
1: actually. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But um, you got a question for me? Yep. Now, correct
2: me if I've asked you this question or posed this question to you before, but I want to know what is your best and what is your worst experience sitting in a movie theater? So, the most fun that you've had and the most horrendously terrible experience you've ever
1: had okay. okay well the best is pretty easy that's got to be between an avengers movie uh-huh. it's got to be or captain america civil war yeah it um I probably endgame during that final battle yeah that was that was incredible i mean yeah. everybody everybody that, you know yeah yeah um especially if you've, you've been on the journey of the mcu and, you know, there are issues with that movie, sure, but there's something special. It was about made to be an experience. That's how I liked it. And it was an experience. It was a really cool experience. Yeah. Um, and, and just like, like other, other, other films, films like you know, when I watched like, Spider Man 2 in Mars when I was like 12, yeah. and like the we're web too. swinging in that, like you felt like you were on a roller coaster. Yeah. Like, it was literally like when Spider Man right. went up in the air, you yeah. literally felt like your stomach go up, like you were in a roller coaster. Yeah. And so that was really cool because you literally felt like you was with Spider-Man, like when he was swinging, you were like, oh my gosh, this is like taking a toll on my heart <laughs> because, you know, doing backflips of buildings and stuff. And then you all going with him, the screen's so big. Um, so that was that's definitely got to be out there as well. But the MCU films are just it was just that good. But mm, I went just, to see yeah. Return to your and that was pretty cool too. Yeah. yeah. But, but still when, when, when movies that big you can really see the flaws in you know oh, yeah. in the CGI stuff. Yeah. But um yeah. it's gotta be endgame endgame yeah. or infinity war or civil war. They're both just like you just forget about the world and you just mm. try to see what you know you're like
2: dragged going. into like a separate reality.
1: Yeah for sure. And like, in terms of, of my work, well, I don't know. I've seen some pretty rubbish movies over the years. Uh-huh. Um, the Great War was pretty bad. Yeah, that, was that was horrendous. Um, night School, I remember that was really bad. Yep,
2: yeah, that was terrible. I think I walked out of that one.
1: Yeah. Mm, um, yeah, I don't know. I guess you don't really remember the bad ones too much. but uh, You sort of just forget about them. But, yeah, I've, I've seen, seen, seen some like pretty horrible Kevin Hart. Films in the theaters, and he uh, just like, seems
2: to be doing average. Just films, just average, average, yeah. average.
1: Mm-hmm. Probably best films mm-hmm. being in the last few months. Yeah, like, that's pretty good. But, yeah, I don't know. Just, just the scene, same I've things. seen some absolutely horrible things in the, in the scene. But, <laughs> that yeah, should like, not
2: be in the cinema yeah. what, what, what about you? What do you think in terms of best and worst? Yeah, best and worst. Oh, uh, has to be Endgame. Yeah. Um that experience was just so good. Mm-hmm. Um and like in terms of clapping and cheering and you know, people whistling in a cinema, mm-hmm. uh, I'm usually not the biggest fan of it, but in terms of that film, yeah. it just works so well. Like, everyone's just screaming. Mm-hmm. Such a good experience. Um, first time I've ever seen it happen as well. Um and in terms of the worst movie experience, um, I didn't walk out of the Great Wall. I'm not going to say that, but I walked out of night school because that was just utterly f***ing horrendous. That was just the biggest conglomerate of mess I've ever seen in cinema. It, I don't even know why they thought to make that. Mm. Kevin Hart, man.
1: It was like the first film that Kevin Hart, like his company, like produced too, so rip. Oh, that was terrible. Yeah. Oh, another film that had a really big effect on me in the cinema was Joker, actually. Yep. Like, the first time I came out of Joker, I was like, holy crap, that movie was horrifying. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to see that again. Mm-hmm. And obviously I did, but but the music just had so much effect on me. It's
2: one of those films where the music just, like, runs through you in the cinema. Like, it, it's so good. And it's the same thing with Bohemian Rhapsody, which I want to give a shout-out mm-hmm. to as well, which was just fantastic if you're a fan of Queen. Um, Rocket Man was also really good there's a number of them, but I, I think Endgame just. Trended.
1: Yeah, that's facts. Um, with the with the musicals, like musicals are great when you're in the You have know, the big speakers, and yeah, like watching like Rocket Man or Rhapsody, Rap like on your TV would just be such a such a, a lesser experience. Like when when they the Queen concert is going on, you know the final concert. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and like you you feel like you're actually in. It's yeah, pretty insane. Yeah, so I think a lot of people like to dunk that movie for some reason. Like, a lot of people really don't like yeah. it. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, you got to give credit just for the experience, as so it is. yeah. All right, this is another category that um, was quite hard to pick, I think, but mm-hmm. um, this is the category of best visuals. Mm-hmm. So, to define this category, the Oscars sort of have like a Best cinematography, then like best visual effects, and like best sound effects, practical
2: effects I think is in there. Uh, really? mm-hmm. Oh, really?
1: Or like set design and yep. all sorts of things. Whereas we just wanted to roll it all into one for best visuals. Mm-hmm. Is what it sounds like, yep. ordinary and natural meaning of visuals. Um, I'd like to announce the nominations for best visuals or the best film. Best
2: visual nominations are Inception, Tenet, Spider Man Into the Spider Verse. Tough category. Very tough category. If you just look at the work that's gone into Spider Man Into the Spider Verse, it's so good. It's like they've taken a comic book and just like printed it out on film. Yeah. It looks phenomenal. Mm. Um, And you know, the same can be said. And Inception, which are both Nolan films, um, you know, and a lot of the time Nolan is known for doing a lot of practical stuff, but at the same time, he's kind of got this this element of um, you know visual effects in him as well, which just look fantastic. I mean, off the top of my head, you know, Interstellar was also really good with that sort of ice skate planet, um, great visual effects, but. You know, Inception and Tenet are the ones that we watched on the podcast, which at the same time just blew me away. Yeah.
1: Yes. Um, fantastic visuals all around These early movies that if you're if you're not along for the plot at any stage, like if you're just like maybe you're not entirely invested in the story, or maybe some characters aren't working for you, it's just so much like so much good stuff to look at. Yeah, but. It can only be one winner. Mm -hmm. And the winner is Inception by Christopher Nolan. Yep. The best looking film of season one of the Rewatch podcast. Christopher Nolan is coming up for the third time. Mm -hmm. The third time. He's 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 taken home another one. He's getting uh, a third award. I think he's going to be the overall winner of the Rewatch Awards in terms of tallies go. Yeah. But um, yeah, Inception. I mean, it changed the, the game, game in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, specifically the hallway fight.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. He's done some revolutionary stuff that's, like, left its mark on cinema. I mean, mm-hmm. if we weren't to choose Nolan film for Best Visuals, who are we? Exactly. Yeah.
1: But, yeah, I mean, it changed the, the game. game. Mm-hmm. Um, and, obviously, you can't do, like, flipping cities practically. Mm-hmm. But like, still, the CGI looked really good. 2010, I think it is. 2010. Um, yeah, like, yep, I think so. Fantastic for the time. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we've seen. I think your average MCU movie nowadays looks worse. Oh, for sure,
2: and so, that's not to bash on visual effects, mm-hmm. but too much green screen, man. Um, yeah. The stuff that was in Inception was just
1: breathtaking. Yes, breathtaking, as Keanu Reeves would say. <laughs> your breathtaking. <laughs> All right, we have one more award, I think, before question time, mm-hmm. and that is your favourite award, Jaden. Yeah, you want to do your favourite and then question time. Um, okay, we can do that. Yeah. Okay, so would you like to explain um, your favourite award What we take taking into account? Giving an award to your favorite of season one of the podcast, and, and you can also announce it and such. So, when looking into my favorite award, I take a few
2: things into account, and that is that it's not the best film, it's my favorite film, the most, I had, the most, the film that I had the most fun with. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, there was a number of films that have could have, that could have fallen under this category and came very close. However, I think the three that, I, um, that I'm about to announce um, that are eligible or have been nominated um, are, are probably better of like all the films that I could have chosen. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I think the same with you. The favourite award is essentially the film that you had the most fun with, not the best film. So it could be the good-looking film, it could be you know, the music that went into it, the visuals, sitting in the cinema like we just talked about, what was your most fun experience. Um, so here are the nominations for my favourite award. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, Joker, Pirates of the Caribbean, The Curse of the Black Pearl. Now, I just want to give a quick shout-out to all of these films actually, because I've watched all of these films multiple times and probably they are the most rewatchable out of all of the films that we watched this season for me in particular. Um, and I think, I think Joker and Spider-Man into, into the Spider-Verse I've watched multiple times in cinema. So that just goes to show that it's probably going to fall under my favorite award. But anyways, the award goes to, Pirates of the Caribbean, The Curse of the Black Pearl. Now, I think this released this released a long time ago. I can't remember when, but I definitely wasn't like into cinema when it released, and I was probably way mm. too young to see something like this. Mm. Um, but when I found out about Pirates of the Caribbean, I think that's when I really started to love film and it kind of got me into it and just some of the characters that it establishes in, and the music like we talked about is just fantastic. I mean, it's, it's just such a thrill ride of a movie and it's, it just makes for such a fun experience. So
1: that's why I chose it. It is a very fun movie. Yeah. It's, just a it's
2: not necessarily best
1: movie.
2: It's a fun movie. It's
1: your favorite. Nobody can take that away from you. No. Um, no one on Letterboxd can take that away from you. <laughs> all right. So my favourite award, um, the nominations, are, and when I was doing this, it was just like, it was a of a brain, I think. Just, you know, what, what do I love? Like, what do I love out of all of the films that we watched on the podcast? And, and what did I have the most fun watching? So same as you. Yep. So, so the three nominations are... The Amazing Spider Man, obviously, um, Toy Story, and Tenet. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and other movies that almost made it were Joker and Spider Verse 2. I really like those. And I, we rewatched those multiple times. But these three here, um, they're, they're very special to me in all separate ways. Um, Tenet obviously came out very recently, definitely the most recent. Um, and really enjoyed that. It was a fantastic theater experience. I forgot to mention that when we talked about it in your question, but mm-hmm. and it was an incredible experience. I came out of the theater thinking it was better than The Dark Knight. Oh, really? So, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. I was putting it everywhere. I was like, I oh know. my gosh, this is, this is going to break the world. I
2: remember you saying that. Yeah, unfortunately, unfortunately, it
1: didn't, yeah, um, because, because a lot, lot of people just weren't willing to go along for the ride. Yeah. Um, but that's okay. I was, and I went to see it twice in the cinema. And Fantastic experience. So, and I rewatched really, really it again. It looks beautiful. I love the story. I love the implications of the villain and everything. So, Tenet is one of my favorite movies. I think of all time at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, the Amazing mm-hmm. Spider-Man, obviously, probably my second favorite superhero movie ever. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Spider-Man as a character, and I feel like this movie uh, handles Spider-Man really well. First using Spider-Man too. <laughs> So the Amazing it's Spider-Man benefits from being a prequel to that one. Yeah. Um, and Toy Story. Well, um, this is probably the most infamous, influential movie on me, mm-hmm. just in general, yeah. just because of how I grew up with it, and the fact that I can watch it now and still just enjoy the story mm-hmm. and the themes. Because I've got more on the themes now, and and obviously we've talked about the music too. So there's one that's it's just had more of an impact than the rest at the moment anyway and that's got to be toy story so the winner of my favorite award will go to toy story and i also think like re-watching toy story i had a lot of fun like i have a lot of fun just you know looking at like experiencing woody and Buzz's story yeah. it's good stuff um i think if
2: i personally was to choose any of your nominations it would have to be Toy Story again. I mean, it it's just done so much for, you know, cinema and it's it's really changed, you know, the, the pace of animation within the film industry. Um, so revolutionary for its time. I mean, 1995 just hit the screen and everyone was like, whoa, yeah. this is big. I mean, you know, before that you'd had hand-drawn animation, yeah. Bambi, Snow White, Peter Pan. This is the first... CGI, so computer-generated imagery, within film that was done on the big screen, on on the big screen as a uh, full feature-length film, and you know it, it's just such a fun film to look at. And mm-hmm. the, the characters are great, You can just eat them all up and have a great time. Yeah, I, I feel
1: like um, Buzz Lightyear is my favourite fictional character of all time, mm-hmm. and it's either it's that bad. or Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man, mm-hmm. obviously, but. But in terms of like throughout my entire life, what has my favorite character been? Mm-hmm. Buzz Lightyear's had the most he's had, had the most time as my favourite, I think, over my life. Yep. Yeah. Um and yeah, what a sick lad yeah. I you. Be not, anyone how could you not love him? He's a legend. Yeah. Um but yeah, so I think that's, that's gonna bring us to question time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um obviously we've both done our favourites yeah. now. We have a few more big awards to go, so don't go anywhere, viewers, but we're going to go for some more questions. Would you you like to go first? I'll go first.
2: Um, This is a very, very fitting question, considering what film you've just watched, Mm. which was Godzilla, King of the Monsters. And I think you know the question that's about to come. So 2021, they're dropping Godzilla vs. Kong. I want to know who you got, who you back in Godzilla vs. Kong.
1: Well, if
0: what first off, I just talk about
1: the concept of these movies. You know, the whole "someone be someone" movies. Yes, yeah. I hate them. I like
2: because I get really excited
1: for them, and I'm always disappointed. Like because Civil War, Iron Man versus Captain America, who's gonna win? You think the whole movie is gonna be who's gonna win? Who's gonna win? Obviously, they introduce you know a villain, and potentially – you know, usually how it goes is they fight for a bit, villain comes in, they're friends, and then they fight the villain, right? Yeah. But in Captain America Civil, is probably the best someone-be-someone Someone movie, I think, because they, there's a definitive winner, and I appreciated that. Obviously, Cap 1, mm-hmm. and um, anybody who doesn't say that is just delusional. Um,
0: Cap then, 1. Cap
1: 1. Yeah. yeah because because he, he stuck the shield. shield. He could have decapitated Iron Man. He was, like, on top of him, and then instead of um killing him, he put the shield in
2: oh I'm looking at it from the bigger picture as in that Iron Man locked happened? up Captain America and his crew well not Captain America, sorry, yeah. locked up Captain America's team. Yeah. I, I mean, mean
1: like you know on a one V one fight. On a, a one V one
2: fight America,
1: yeah. yeah. But um and, and then Batman v Superman easy, was a really one to do it. Obviously there's a definitive winner there as well, but and they team up and fight the bad guy. And it's like, you're going to market the entire movie as someone be someone. And then at the end of the day, it's not, it doesn't matter. Yeah. But like in this the, movie, the director, the director has come out and said that there will be a definitive winner. So I appreciate that. Yeah. But at the end of the day, we all know that they're going to team up to fight someone else. who Whatever yeah. it yeah, is, the um, yeah. they're going yeah. to yeah. have yeah. to fight yeah. someone else yeah. at the end. It's got to be Godzilla. Whoa,
0: whoa, whoa.
1: Godzilla has got, like, some sort of, like, radiation power laser beam thing. I, I want to, Godzilla, I, Just just purely based on the fact that I went to see the movie for, like, my 12th birthday or something, like the first one, and I remember it being, like, so cool um, when, like, you couldn't try to digest the story. you just like, you know, wow, that's such a cool monster. Yeah. And he and looks really cool. Like, I really like love the design of Godzilla. So, and then Kong Skull Island. I mean, yeah, like, it was fun. I went to see it. But I don't know. Yeah. If I had to pick him it's got to be Godzilla. Godzilla what, what are you oh, Who, do, do you think can, who's going to win and you want to win? Who's going to win?
2: Um, uh, look, it's, it's a hard one because Godzilla has had two standalone films. Mm-hmm. Um, and
1: well, no, no one's, one's going to die. But, like, I don't think one of them's going to die. Cause I think they're going to beat each other up. One's clearly going to like one's clearly, clearly clearly going to be defeated and Uh, like, they'll have to revive and then like at the end of the film, they'll like come back.
2: Well, the film prior to Godzilla vs Kong is titled Godzilla King of the Monsters. Hmm. So if you remember the ending to that, it might similarly happen with Godzilla vs Kong where Kong bows down to Godzilla. I I don't know what's going to happen. Um, Mecha Godzilla is definitely involved in there somehow, um, but who I want to win it has to be Kong, Kong oh. K himself, man. Has to be Kong. It's going to be cool,
1: cool going to the cinema, cinema to see it, then because we'll both be going for different different monsters. Yep. But um, yeah, I love I love the. I know I've been bashing like the someone be someone movies, but I love the fact that you can go in wanting a different person to win. And, you know, in Captain America: Civil War, they had like a Captain America side of the oh, cinema. You no, know, I just saw like a promotional thing. They're probably they it, yeah. in america they did it american's always definitely they probably always they always do it, it and better. But, um the yeah. team, team cap side yeah. was blue and the team oh, side cool. was red. that was pretty cool because then you can see you know and, and also, also like I'm ask. Sure. you can ask yourself like if you're in the universe who would you would decide with like i like mm-hmm. asking that question yeah. about civil yeah. war but in yeah. this one i don't yeah. think you know pretty much yeah. like human sort of oh. like moral to it no no it's just big
2: more fighting yeah that, <laughs> that's what the monster verse is you go into it to watch massive monsters just destroy each other you don't watch it for a story if you're watching it for a story you, you should may as well just keep your eyes closed the whole time monkey monkey
1: <laughs> all right question for you christopher nolan And Nolan again. there he is <laughs> He's, beaming. he's having a great night. Yeah. Chris Nolan has now worked with both Hans Zimmer and Ludwig Göransson. Imagine that both are available for his next film. Who should he work with? The <sighs> Wizard or another Wizard?
2: <laughs> that's that's really hard. Ludwig is like an up-and-coming composer, and he's done some fantastic stuff. Like I loved him on The Mandalorian. Um Tenet was good. Um not as good as what I would probably have seen from Hans if Hans had to score oh, Tenet. Really? Um I don't oh, know. I just feel like a tiny bit jarring, yeah. confusing. I mean truck is great, but mm. in, in comparison it's not a time or something. It okay. doesn't even, you know, it's different it's a different style, style. I sure. yeah. I would also argue that it doesn't have a chance against it. Um Look, I think Ludwig is really, really good. But the issue with pairing him and Christopher Nolan is that I think Ludwig is more suited to smaller projects um, because Hans Zimmer is known for that grand stuff, like orchestra and orchestra. Um, and that's what Christopher Nolan always goes for in his films is just massive projects that just, like, tug at your heartstrings and just, like, you know, chills, just massive stuff. Um whereas you know Ludwig's done the Mandalorian creed just smaller well, films. Kind of, isn't like, like, yeah,
1: he yeah. can do everything in his own room and obviously it gets like it gets ported to an orchestra, like an orchestra yeah. Yeah. like plays it. like yeah, Zimmer is more of a composer and like it's more of like a DJ. Yeah, like, yeah.
2: It's- um, so yeah. it's what project that Chris doing. But you know, just just knowing if he's gonna do a big film, so I'd probably have to go with Hans Zimmer again because Hans Zimmer's never like done a bad score in my. Opinion. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. He has
1: scored like everything though, so I'm sure you could find like a well, one. Oh, yeah, just, I'm like... sure he could find a new person. I mm-hmm. love his stuff so much. Yeah. Either way, whatever they're going to be working on, we'll take a close look at. Like, love with Goran and. Is just fantastic because he's, for me anyway, like his scoring was better than anything that Hans Zimmer might have been able to do. But again, we don't know what Hans Zimmer could have done. But
0: yeah,
1: it worked really well for me. And I'm really excited to see what he does next. And you know, perhaps like, you know, once get him to do like a MCU soundtrack or something because the MCU really likes good music. Yeah.
2: Who would you choose?
1: um in, in terms, terms of the issue. Nolan thing it, yeah same it's answer as you like it depends but because I agree really with your point like Hunter, he's yeah. better at the peak orchestra and yeah. getting the, the themes, themes in, in like you know, having like a superhero, superhero theme, theme like yeah. giving a theme to one particular person he's really good at that yeah. whereas it's like, like Tenet like there isn't like a Neil theme like, a needle needle thing. Thing. like yeah. there is like a Neil song but like you wouldn't be able to like Distinguish it, yeah. So, but that's not yeah. to say, Ludwig's like, music is bad at all, it's fantastic, I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, but if yeah, I was to it. make a movie, um, I'd probably go to Ludwig, yeah. Uh, love that. But, you know, actually, yeah. to be honest, I actually, it's very hard to do <laughs> yeah, yeah. see. How <laughs> like, 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 oh, do you, you be like, like Hans, you I, I don't want you. you, like, you can't say that, yeah. Like, oh, very beautiful, but they're, they're, both, both, they're both fantastic. Um, both deserve all of the yeah. awards that they, that they have gotten. Mm-hmm. And they're going to get personas uh, like we've got to be up for best original score for tenant. Yeah. All right. right. What, what, what um award does that bring us to? I believe it brings us to the People's Choice <laughs> Award, and in brackets, not affiliated with People's Choice Award. For um, so this. this is the movie voted for by our um, followers on Instagram, mm-hmm. and also take into account the viewership of the episode mm-hmm. on both YouTube
2: and all of the other streaming platforms, yep. Spotify, Apple
1: Podcasts, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, yeah,
2: yeah, would you, would
1: you like, like to ask the nominations? So
2: the nominations for the People's Choice Award is. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, Tron Legacy, Monsters, Inc., Joker.
1: And the winner of the People's Choice Choice Award, not affiliated with the People's Choice Award, Award, goes to Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. The one that kicked it all
2: off. Yeah, our very first
1: episode. People loved it on Spotify, loved it on YouTube, Filler, people for watching it. So, I never expected it to do as well as
2: it has done. Like, thank you so much for blowing it up because it shows that we want to keep doing this. Like we have a passion for this and it shows that when you hit that like button, when you view our videos, we've got an audience
1: backing us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. showing yeah. us that they like our stuff. And it was so, really it cool was like, cause like, yeah. you know, when you start something new, you're like, uh, first episode of the podcast like you sort of know that you're going to be bad because like, you've never done it before and um and like, what if like you get zero views after like a week like what's the point like, but then like so many people came on and people followed the instagram and um people watched it on youtube and they listened to it on spotify all of like anchor apple Podcasts, like wherever um and people really enjoyed that episode i think so That was really cool and a lot of people stayed on to watch Joker, Joker, which is the next one, and and et cetera. But I would like like to give a shout-out to to Tron Legacy Mm -hmm. because that was probably – that's our, I think, maybe our second most viewed one on on the podcast. And I I think think a credit due for for Harry because I feel as though a lot of people watch that because – was he our first um, guest on was Milsey on for um, um of the, yeah. the Sit? Um, um but yeah, regardless, yeah. when Harry came on, I feel like a lot of um his mates and a lot of a lot of people who know Harry saw that he was coming on and um gave it a listen. Um so that was really cool and, and like blew up on um Spotify. Yeah. Um so yeah, cheers to Harry for that. And it was really fun him on. Yeah it was a really fun episode too, so I feel like people would have enjoyed yeah. um, One of the most
2: fun we've had, I think when we get all the guests on it, it, mm-hmm. it becomes more like a conversation than, you know, talking about what we love more, like this yeah. point, that point, this point, whereas mm-hmm. it, it flows, has, has just like this flow to it when we have a guest on. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. And, um, we're going to thank all of our guests in the end credits. There's going to be a video at yeah. the end. So if you're currently listening on Spotify or Apple podcasts, yeah. um, um, you you'll hear, hear the music it. at the end. Yeah. Um, perhaps if you'd like to see the credits,
2: um, all the credits.
1: Yeah, we're going to roll the credits at the yeah, end once finished. we finish. Um, and you can have a look. We've got some cool scenes in the background with some credits thanking everybody yep. involved, everybody who tested the movie, everybody who came on the podcast, um, and all sorts of things. So, so if you ever interacted with us at all, or, or ever interacted acted, interacted with the, the rewatch, you're probably going to get a mention, mention. So stay tuned, and for, for the very end. Um, and um, see if your name pops up. Yeah. But it big, probably will. But, yeah, big, big thanks to all of our guests. Cause it's really fun having a guest on. on.
0: Big thanks. Um, especially,
1: especially you know, we bring someone on who's their, their favourite movie. movie yeah. You know, I think You're our best podcasts podcast, are, we really love the movie, so Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, in Joker. Inception. Exactly, exactly. yeah. yeah. Um, but, but, yeah, so big thanks, thanks to all of um, our guests, like get another. Thank you at the very end. Yeah. Um,
2: all,
1: all right. right. A <laughs> controversial right one now. now. Oh yeah. dear. Would you like to announce the next the category? category.
2: The next category is the worst picture. No, we're not afraid of married. No, price price game, game, no, no awesome. this is the awards. We're not the officers. Diversity. What?
1: Diversity. We, we have diversity in categories, meaning yeah. we provide right. good awards and we provide bad ones too. Yeah. So, worst picture nominations are Attack of the Clones, (laughs) of course, The The Phantom Phantom Menace, so two thirds of the prequel trilogy, and Devil Devil All the Time. Right now, before before we get (laughs) on to announce the winner, it is only just that we mention. Two films that we planned on doing for the podcast, but they were so bad that we decided not to do a podcast on. Them. Yep. And those two films are Lucy and Wonder Woman, nineteen eighty-four. Now we both watched Lucy. Yeah, so let's chat about that for a second. Yeah, it was not good. Yep.
2: It, yeah, I, I didn't like it, but I, I can understand why people like it. It's I one of those films you can't understand. Can't, yeah. It's rubbish. I don't, um, I don't know. I found it really, really strange, and I, I kind of liken it to something like Enemy, where I absolutely despise the film, but I know that it has an audience out there that just just, just loves it. Mm. And I don't know, it it's... It's just one of those films that it's just completely split down the center. It's like you either hate it or you love it, and it's just strange that, that film can do that for some
1: reason. Yeah, it's weird. weird. I I, I just, just found yeah, yeah, like watching it, I was like, am I missing something? Like this is so hollow mm-hmm. and just lifeless. I was going to um,
2: say empty. Scarlett
1: Johansson was a, was good in it, and that's about it. Like that's yeah. I that,
2: think that's your letterbox Yeah. <laughs> That
1: would have been, like, if, if we, we were to do a podcast, podcast on it, that would have been the extent of the podcast. And yeah. then we would have given it like a like an F. Yeah. <laughs> also, Wonder Woman 1984, I was going to go see this, but then you persuaded me not to because I, of, uh,
2: I walked out of this film, and I don't do that with many films. This film was just... Oh, it, it took everything that Wonder Woman stood for and everything that was good about Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman's my favourite DCU film, mind you. But Wonder Woman 84 was just like, no, here, I'm going to flip this over and just just shake out all the good stuff. And then when I turn it back over, there's going to be like a bunch of just rubbish left in the rubbish bin. And it's like, why? Why do you do that? It, I don't know. It, it just it felt so clueless to what it was trying to do and that it it just like tore everything good about the first film apart um
1: the main, main difference movie. right between the first wonder woman mm-hmm. and the sequel exactly. is that zach snyder didn't write the sequel yeah. that's, that's all you i you can tell because, because up I mean, until maybe, maybe Justice League with the just Joss Whedon edition.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You, you can tell that Zack Snyder was, you know, being the Kevin Feige of the DC universe. He was involved in everything. You know, yeah. he, was, he was putting his hands in all the jars, you know, mm-hmm. making sure everything's was was just, right. just right. And the first Wonder Woman was really good. Really good, yeah. Like fantastic, but like. It was a decent film. As it was as most MCU movies, yeah, I think.
2: I was about to say, I feel like it could slot right into the MCU and, you know, just be a above average film. Dude. Yeah. That's fun to watch. Yeah.
1: Like, like, you, yeah. you know, you Winter soldiers and stuff, you know, just like not, not you yeah. know, Oscar worthy or no. not anything that's gonna break the genre per yeah. se, but it was good. Yeah. And I like Gal Gadot as Wonder woman. I know a lot of people don't, but I really like her, but Wonder woman 1984, I wanted to go see it. And like, you, you were you so started, avid, that trying, I would, would, should not waste my time nor my money but I refrained from doing so. See, I
2: feel like if it even goes free on any streaming platform, I still, still don't want to watch it. No.
1: Yeah. Wow. That's incredible. And it's yeah. a shame as well because Cheetah's a really cool villain. Yeah. And um in the Disney um not the Disney the um Justice League animated like T V shows, she's a really cool villain.
2: Yeah, I know the one you're talking about, yeah. yeah.
1: But just, just better in animation, I think, yeah. than in real life. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. the cats sort of thing going on there, like, oh,
2: like whoever decided to make that.
1: Just, and then the choice just, to bring Steve Trevor back, but then not really. It was just really bizarre and the fact that Wonder Woman sexually assaulting another man. The way that they brought him back, I don't know if you've seen it. I have seen it. I, I, I know. I know how bad it is. It is
2: ridiculously bad. It, it wasn't given an explanation. Like it, And that might have been because I left, but the way that they, they made that happen was just,
1: God. Yeah. yeah, it's just it's like everything went wrong. Like you just—it's like, like Kevin Feige like left the building for an MCU film, and then they made one without him. Yeah,
2: it's so like exactly Zack
1: Snyder left the building, and this is what you get.
2: You know what it's like? It's like when you're in school, you're writing an essay, and you finish, and you have twenty minutes left, and you're like, "Okay, should I look over this film again? Sorry, Sorry. The paper again, or..." should I just be done with it? Like, I I, I just want to go in. I'm yeah. sick of writing. Yeah. That's what this film is. They're like, okay, we've watched it once everybody. Let's not check this again. Let's leave it and just move
1: on. Or, or just, just like read the script. Like how yeah. do you read that script and be like, this is good. Someone, someone sat down and wrote that script. Was it was someone's like, job. It was, it was many good. people's jobs to, to sit down, down and devise the sequel to the best DCEU film and exactly. this is what we get. And meanwhile, we still don't have a sequel to Man of Steel. Like, what are you doing?
0: Yeah. Is
1: that, uh, uh, those, those are two films that we wanted to do for the podcast, and we plan on doing the podcast. But they were so bad that we didn't. Remind me of so, the nominations. Yes. Yeah. So the nominations that we did watch on the podcast and were really, really bad yeah. were The Clones, Hands and Menace, and Devil yeah. All the Time. Exactly. There's only going to be one winner, and that is Sheridan. Attack of the Clones. I, I mean, come on. George Lucas. George Lucas negative award for Attack yep. of the Clones now. Yeah. I think he's got multiple. Here he's coming. He's coming up now. He's coming up. He's not looking too chuffed, but, he, but he's got an award for it regardless, you know. Yeah. So he's been, Um, he's, he's got actually, he's actually might get three, he's going to get three awards. Three awards. Because he picked up the award for worst CGI, obviously the pair. Oh, he did too. Three, so, three negative awards. <laughs> yeah. the, um, the prestigious that's meme award. That's a, a positive that's one. a
2: positive
1: award. Yeah. Kind like of compliment. Yeah. <laughs> and mm-hmm. then um, obviously Hayden Christensen got um, worst performance. So obviously George Lucas gets credit for directing that performance. But he, it's not his award per se. So no, 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 three, no. three awards for George Lucas so far. Two yeah. of them yeah. One positive. So... It's been a mixed night for him, but George, look, I mean, he's changed our lives, so uh, got to give the man the credit. He's a bit of a genius, but at least he was.
2: That's the good thing about Star Wars, right? You, you love it, but you hate it. And uh, I think that's it, – it's so controversial in its own manner, but that's the thing about Star Wars fans. They they despise it, mm-hmm. but they still seem to love it for some reason.
1: Yeah. Yes, um, Twitter has been a very – Toxic nice Place, especially recently. My goodness me. Can I
2: reframe what I just said? George Lucas Star Wars, sorry. Uh, George oh, Lucas okay. Star Wars, I love it. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah of course, shit. yeah. Um, but, yeah, so attack the can take yeah. out the award for worst picture. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. We have two awards left, mm-hmm. and they're the big ones. Very big ones. So shall we dive nice. into questions, or would you like to do the next category? Well, I
2: don't actually have any questions, but if you have one, I'm I'm open to asking
1: right, questions. Right. Okay. Um, this is an interesting one. Um, okay. If you could direct a film, what genre do you think you'd like to make a film within? So for example, you could do an action film, you could do a drama, you could do a romantic comedy. What genre do you think interests you? It's like asking what's your favorite genre, but what do you think you would what do you think you could write a story within a sort of genre? What do you think?
2: Um, Mystery crime, I think, would be really cool. Oh, that would be cool. I don't know. Yeah. I've always been fascinated with that. And seeing um, Ryan Johnson's uh, Knives Out. Ryan Johnson's just, he's, he's a hit or miss. But I like I like Knives Out. I think it's a really, really good film. And I feel like something on that path done um, in a more refined way in a more Nolan-esque way could be like a really really cool film
1: yeah yeah, yeah that'd be cool one, one more one. question mm-hmm. who's, who's the best you? Spider-Man and why <sighs>
2: <laughs> best Spider-Man like, live
1: action of course
2: are we talking about best Peter live. Parker or best live. Spider-Man best,
1: best Spider-Man. Spider-Man whatever you want it to mean yeah I'm. I'm going to take a mix from mean me. both. I both. Yeah, I'm going to take a mix from both of them. Um.
2: Uh,
1: <laughs> look. if you could take one Spider-Man out of any of the movies, which one do you think is the best? Let um, me let me explain this. Right. I'm not going to get hurt if whatever yeah. you say.
2: Toby McGuire's Peter Parker was pretty horrendous. I mean, he's way oh, like, too old. And it was too I don't know, it was, it's just, that's what a 2000s film is like. That's what they did. But Peter Parker, uh, no, sorry, his Spider-Man is really good. I think it's quite good. Um, Andrew Garfield, I think he's found a great sort of area in the middle where he's kind of balanced both of them. At the same time, I think he's too old again. And that's an issue with the character. That's an issue with the casting. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I think he's, he's also
1: really good on both. You know, the, the writing, like, I just, like, I want to sit down with the executives and be like, why can't you just have a Spider-Man that's 26 years old? Mm-hmm. Like, I get, I get the has to start out as a kid, but like Andrew, Andrew Garfield looks like seven years older mm-hmm. from the first film to the second film. Like, like, why, why don't it? you just make him a, a university, university, university student even, or just like, yeah. you know, a 26 year old Spider Man at the height of his career, I think that limits
2: the potential of having crossovers with other characters. As say,
1: like, how also, and yeah, it would be stuff. way too old to,
2: you know, yeah. to the story. And but, you know, Iron Man would be like 60 years old, it's just yeah, but whatever. Yeah. Iron Man, <laughs> <laughs> right. um, um, moving on to Tom Holland's Spider Man, um, again, I feel like he's also found a good middle ground, and I think he's probably the best Peter Parker and I'm only saying that because he kind of nails his quirky uh, sort of adolescent uh, character, whereas the other ones are just way too old for that. Yeah. Um, so best Spider-Man, Peter Parker combo. Um, if I'm going off nostalgia, I'm going to have to say Toby because I don't know, there's something special about his character. Um, but Andrew Garfield is very close behind, and then Tom Holland's kind of falling short because yeah. his movies are just like, eh. Yeah, I think
1: Tom Holland deserves better movies, okay. like as a character, like, well, like as an actor, because he's he's really good. He's young, he looks young, um, and obviously devoted to this character. Like, he's not he's not going to you know do three movies, get bored, and want okay. to move on. Like, this is his life. Yeah um i think he knows this is the most important thing he's ever going to do yeah yeah um it's what he's going to be remembered for regardless of whatever he does in the future but um yeah i feel feel like he just just deserves more time the actual character like yeah he just deserves more attention as a peter parker character and I i don't know just gets caught up in the green screen i think definitely yeah but Regardless, Regardless I, I agree with all of all of your points there. I think you make a pretty good argument there. But yeah, I think yeah, Tobin Maguire, I mean, best about as good as it could get at the time maybe, but I don't know. It would have been interesting to see what someone like Leonardo DiCaprio could do. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, so that brings us to our last two awards.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, the two most important. So we have the best animated picture of season one of the Rewatch podcast. And we have Best Best Picture Picture from from one of the Rewatch Podcasts. Yep. Now, would you like to provide the nominations for Best Best Animated Picture?
2: The nominations for the Best Animated Picture are Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse,
1: Cars,
2: Toy Story.
1: Fantastic category. Yeah, Watch some damn good animated movies. A lot of them have been cut out. Mm. For example, Monsters Inc. Yeah, it was up there.
2: Very good as well. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. I mean, it's tough. A lot of people. A lot of people get them in a the room nice and ask them which is the best out of these three. Mm-hmm. Probably almost guarantee that nobody would have the same answer.
2: Yeah, um, it's, it's a very tough. It's it's kind of like the the best original score where there could be a number of uh, a number of films up here, yeah. but we we had to narrow it down and I think we've found a
1: pretty strong um, group of films here. Mm-hmm. So, so out, out of three spider Spider-Verse, Cars and Toy Story, the, the winner, winner is right. directed by John Lasseter, which so, then narrows down to so, two. Mm-hmm. It is cars, yeah. Now, now this, this is this is my maybe a controversial one because a lot of people would say that cars would probably come number three mm-hmm. right? after those two. Toy Story would be up there, and Spider Man: Spider Verse is very good too. Fantastic rating on Letterboxd, a four point four out of five stars. Fantastic, by far the most um, the, the most highly rated out of these three. Mm-hmm but uh, why I is the winner. winner oh really yeah or maybe a 4.2 it's, I mean, it's up there why, why is cars the winner of this award Jaden?
2: i think we, we had to find a a middle ground between my rating and your rating and uh, i think spider and into the spider was an AA, cars AA, and toy story was an a plus a minus
1: so they were all an average of an A.
2: They were all average of A, but I think the reason we chose Cars is that it, it kind of has, like this, I don't know, there's something special just about that, you know, Spider-Man, Spider-Man is great, but it's just way too recent to just consider its mm-hmm. impact on us. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, Toy Story, although I read it, I rated it less. you rated it more by Cars. You probably are like Toy Story. More. So I think we just. We, we I like Cars it. a lot too. Yeah.
1: I like Cars a lot too though. Yeah.
2: Skip Toy Story because it was like, we can't figure out that. And then we went yeah. like Cars. Yeah. 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 And, and I was crazy.
1: happy to do any three of these. Like I could have happily said that the best was Spider-Man or the best was Toy Story. And mm-hmm. Cars is very special in that it's like a, very entertaining movie, but it also has a really good theme too. Yep. Perhaps better themes than Toy Story, oh, yeah. and um, certainly better themes than Spider Man, which essentially just says anyone can be Spider Man. It's like, <laughs> it's like the message of this film, Spider Man, Spider Verse, like anyone can be a hero, anyone can wear the mask, which is obviously very beautiful. With you know Stanley's quote at the end, I remember that being very nice, but. I mean, I mean, that's the message of every Spider-Man movie. I think that's, I why, we, mean, every superhero that's, that's why we have superhero movies, because yeah. we like to think that, you know, we could do that. Yeah. Or we could be the hero. So, so, yeah, I think Cars is the most unique in its message. And, you know, it was very entertaining to watch yeah. again. I think you underestimated how good it was. Yeah, I had
2: a great time with it. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. So, well, well-deserved yeah. Cars. John Lasseter. We didn't invite him because, um, you know, he's been a bit of a, bit of a naughty boy. So um, we wanted his him and his hands to stay away from this proceedings. But um, we'll send it to him in the mail, um, perhaps. Um, but yeah, John Lasseter, obviously the director of Cars. But that brings us to our very last award, and that is Best Picture. So the Best Picture. Just takes into account every movie that is not animated um, and nominations of them. Yeah. Inception. Joker. And Tenet. hmm Contro- Controversial picks here. I think two of these are controversial. Yeah. But we did we watch many movies that you thought were just flawless? No. Jesus? no. I don't really think so.
2: I I think on this season I ranked one as an A+, and I'm considering changing that, which is Joker. So none of these films have been perfect to me. Um, but in saying that, I, I think all of these films are score-worthy nominations for the best picture. Um, it's just something about them is just... It, it changed cinema. It's, it's revolutionary. Um, you know, yeah. You know, story, music, music, sound, um, yeah. sound mixing. Not so much for some of these, but yeah. Um, you know, a special shout out to Christopher Nolan for getting two of his films in Best Picture, mm.
1: which is just like, wow. Yeah, and obviously Best Director as well. It's busy night for him. So if we want to swiftly move
2: along and announce the Best Picture Award, uh, goes to Inception.
1: Inception, what a fantastic movie this was. Yeah. Um, We we almost pulled an Oscars, though.
0: Yeah.
3: We
1: almost announced the wrong one. Yeah. We We almost did did a whole La La Land, Moonlight situation. We, we almost gave it to Joker. Yeah. And, then, and then, that then that would have been very embarrassing because obviously Todd Phillips and Joaquin would have come up onto the stage and then we would I, have to say, we started talking about trees yeah, and things, cows, yeah. um, how immoral it is. And, and then, then, we then we would have had to you, have given it to somebody else and that would have been very embarrassing. But um, what can I say? We just have a better grasp on our proceedings. But John, Joker was the one that we were going to give it to. Mm-hmm. Why Why doesn't it top top. Inception?
2: Um, I think in particular Joker, I need to rewatch again. Um, I really want to rewatch again. I rewatch the film again to know better whether it was, it was, had potential of being the best picture. Um, Tenet, I want to rewatch again as well. Um, but Inception, I don't have to rewatch it again to know that it was a great film, um, and that I've only got a few little flaws with it. And that is the sound mixing, which Nolan can never get right. Please get it right, Nolan. I'm looking at you straight in the eyes, Nolan. Please get it right, and fix out your IMAX as well. Cause it's oh. really. um, but no, like I think Inception has just done so much more for cinema and film than. Joker
1: and Tenet probably ever could. Yeah, fair, fair. Um, yeah, um Yeah, I I agree. Joker is good. Um, very simple, and obviously a simple film. The fact that it's simple shouldn't be used against it to make it a bad film. But it's um, I think it lacks substance on rewatches. You know, a lot of people say it's shallow, and I can somewhat agree um but then again i would defend it a lot of people on platforms such as Letterboxd like really don't like joker um because they think it's a ripoff of taxi driver um and obviously i think it is to a certain extent but then i think it's maybe better than sorry marty But he's like punching the security guards. He's on his way out. He's breaking <laughs> out of the prison probably. Um let's hope he doesn't get here before we conclude. But
0: yeah.
1: Regardless, yeah. I think that brings Oh, sorry, Nolan, we still have to give him this trophy. Here is it. Number four, is it? I think it's number four. Number four, off to Christopher Nolan. And um he's obviously very happy. Four rewatch awards for Christopher Nolan. Um, two, two, I think, for, for Robert two. Pattinson, mm-hmm. and three or two, right. but two. the the winners of the rewatch awards in general, in the individuals, will have to be Kristen Christopher Nolan, Nolan Robert, Robert Pattinson, and Hans, and Hans Zimmer, yes, and I would have to say George Lucas, too. Yep. Um, um, but obviously, George Lucas is kind of a few, uh, she, few negative ones there, too, but regardless. regardless uh, that brings us to the end of the Rewatch Awards. It's been a long one. Mm-hmm. Um, thanks for listening. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, is there anything you'd like to say before we conclude season one of the Rewatch Podcast?
2: Just uh, thanks again to all of the guests that appeared on the season of the Rewatch Podcast. Um, in chronological order, we had Nilsie or Alex, and then we had uh, – Harry. Harry, and then it was Millsy again, and yeah. then it was Nick. Yeah. So, big thanks to those guys for coming on, um, and hopefully we'll see them again in the future doing some of their favourites.
1: Yeah. yeah, and also thank you to everybody for suggesting movies. Yep. Um, if I can recall correctly, Heidi suggested Onward, mm-hmm. which we watched, uh, which is, it's crazy to think that we watched Onward. That was ages ago, yeah, yeah. but it like, kind of wasn't. But um, what else? Um, John, John from Instagram. Um, yeah, so John, um, he nominated or asked us, he suggested Coco, which he as well, right after omid I think. And then Justine, as you said, um, and Ava as well, um, they suggested Monsters, Inc. Um, and also shout out to my mate Josh Bailey, who um, also, um, he suggested Shrek.
0: Oh yeah. Uh, and that
1: was a fun, that was a fun one, wasn't it? Yeah. But all all great movies, all animated movies actually. So um we by the way, Shrek was um Shrek was left out of the best animated <laughs> and the best animated picture category. Oh that's um that's shocking. Um definitely been a snub there. <laughs> Maybe you'll have a separate separate video for Rewatch Awards snubs. But, Direct two comes along with we'll yeah, two yeah, then that, that might make a run for it. But um but, yeah, so thank you to everybody for suggesting um and movies. We like doing movies that you guys um that we know like people will listen to and yeah, have fun with. Um and if you ever would like to come on to the Rewatch Podcast, just send us either a message personally or just um send a message to the Rewatch Podcast on Instagram, which is at the rewatch pod. Mm-hmm. Um, if you'd like to send us an email or ask us a question or anything. You can send it to the One Rewatch Podcast or the One Rewatch Pod at gmail.com. Um, if you would like to see us review other movies and um, write written reviews, you can check out the platform called Letterboxd. Um, which if you search up on the internet or just come up straight away, it's like a movie social media sort of thing, Jaden. Yep. And um, we've, um, had a, we're have we both on there and um, we'll just let us know and we'll follow you and, and you can follow us. And so you can log any movies, write about any movie you want, list any movie you want and share it with your friends. Um, so it's sort of like Instagram, but for movies. Um, and it's really, really fun. And you get to do reviews that actually impact the overall rating of reviews. So for example, like, um you've just rated fantastic mr fox a five star on letterbox and i read what you thought about it and your five star review will now impact the average um user rating which is four point what sorry four point four point one um so it's cool to know that like even if you're having like a zero point zero 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 one percent of an impact it's still yeah you know so um, um so, so it's a really cool platform so um we're gonna be taking a bit of a break from the rewatch podcast now um so, so if you desperately want to see what we've been watching and what we've been talking about mm-hmm. the movies, you can download that app and give us a follow on there check that out yeah yeah, yeah. Anything else? um
2: yeah just again check out our youtube channel which is the rewatch if you're watching this um, anywhere else, which I couldn't imagine you would be, because it's not streaming on any of the other platforms. Oh, oh,
1: Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, uh, yeah. uh, etc.
2: Um, and also check out the rewatch playlist, which is um, available on Spotify, which we um, have talked about many times on the podcast.
1: Mm, movie bangers, if you're into that sort of thing, if you yep. like a good um, soundtrack, um, um, just hit yeah. shuffle on there, and you're you're bound to get a, a good song. But I think that's going to be it for season one of the Rewatch podcast. Mm -hmm. Big Big thank you to everybody who's been listening. Mm -hmm. Um, We've really enjoyed um, interacting with everybody as to movies. We're obviously big film nerds. And I think we've gone a journey throughout the podcast of appreciating more things about film as we go. Yeah. Um, and we're like gaining some film knowledge as we go too so it's been a really cool journey i've appreciated doing it with you jaden it's been really good fun um, and um, as long as people are going to continue to listen we'll continue to do it so um, but in the future we might do some shorter reviews if we feel like we want to talk about a movie but not for an hour and a half each week yeah. Yes, and movies that we don't like, for example, so you might be seeing a few like ten minute, twenty minute reviews pop up.
0: Mm -hmm. Yes,
3: Yes, but
1: good ones ones, too that maybe people don't want to listen to for like an hour and a half. You know, maybe movies everybody knows is really good, Mm -hmm. and we just want to talk about it quickly, get it out. It'll
2: all in the same ranking scale as well. So our standard A to F with the plus and minus tiers. yeah Yeah. so if you would
1: like to see those just make sure you subscribe to the rewatch on youtube um that's all for now that's
2: all for this season
1: yeah thanks for watching and we'll catch you next time
2: see ya